Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material brand. It's the Tuesday night show. 
I am Mike Freeland, soon to be joined by the man I affectionately refer to as The Butt. We do apologize for not having a show last week. It was the 4th of July. Had some fun. Had some fun with family during the course of the week, leading up to and after the 4th of July. And uh, it's just a really good time to get together with family and friends. And uh, you don't normally get to do a lot of that during the course of the year. So sometimes during the summertime, when it's nice outside, you like to take advantage of it. So apologies of that, but we're back. We're better than ever. And with that being said, the man of the hour, the man with the power, he is the man I affectionately refer to as the ass man, but you call him the butt. Christopher Butt, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, Mike. Uh, good seeing you again. I missed you last week. I uh, hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. Let's, uh, let's, let's see what foolishness we can get up to this week. Well, you know, we had the we had the 4th of July, which is our nation's birthday, but then there was also Canada Day, which was, what, July 1st? Correct, July 1st. So... So what exactly, what kind of festivities happen with uh, Canada Day? Well, there, there's usually uh, fairs and whatnot set up. Uh, I, I was in a little town called Newburgh. They had a family day or Canada Day festivities, all, all family event, you know, the bouncy castles, the cornhole bag toss, uh, little games like that. They had a vendor's market there, uh, some food trucks, barbecue, uh, just, just, just a good time. Just fireworks, obviously. Nice. It's, it's basically Canada's. It's the same as the Fourth of July. Nice. So yeah, it was a good time. And the second was actually a, a, my anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, my friend. Thank you. So how many years are we now? Five years. Five glorious years, Linda. Let me. I, I've seen your wife, and I can say this because we're friends. Beautiful woman. I'm telling you right now, the butt is a lucky, lucky man. Now. With that being said, do the two of you do the traditional gifts for the anniversaries? Like, you know, first year it's this, second year it's that, yada, yada. Or do you just kind of do your own thing? Uh, we just do our own thing. We, we generally go away on vacation for our anniversary. Oh, uh, nice. We, we didn't this year because, well, the house needed a new furnace and air conditioner. So happy anniversary. We're <laughs> cool in the summer and hopefully warm in the winter. <laughs> I think long term, that's probably the best thing i mean you take a year off from the, the gift buying or the trips or all that because you want to stay cool in this excessive heat this summer and you want to stay warm in the winter because you guys have winters that are far more brutal than what we have so i think that's very important we still went out for a nice meal and walk around downtown and went to an art festival on the second so we still had a good day you are what I refer to as a as a much more cultured man than I am. Uh, you you open yourself up to other things. I'm very I'm very closed off, and I think that's kind of a probably a bad thing. Cultured? What do you mean cultured? Well, I, well, first of all, you're drinking wine. I mean, that's a sophisticated thing right there. I'm drinking <laughs> Red Bull and, and knockoff iced tea. Uh, that's the first thing. Second of all, you, you do different things. You go on these trips and you do different stuff. You see sights. You know, I. I don't really do a lot of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you might not living, think right? it. It's just living. You, you got to. You got to take stuff in. You got to know if you can, you know, and explore different things. You know, it's a good time. No, I agree. And I think you are you are living it up, my friend. Um, I wanted to start off with a story or a topic that, gosh, I wanted to talk about this for a couple of weeks. And I'm scrolling through my phone here because I had my notes here with it here we go now i have it so you and i but probably more so you are a big fan of natalia obviously the hart family 
well-known in Canada. Uh, a lot of people have trained under Stu, and a lot of wrestling really kind of came from Stampede. It was one of those territories that back in the day, a lot of famous stars were really made in that territory and then branched off and did other things and went to the AWA and whatnot. But speaking of Natalia, my friend, did you see a tweet that came out a few days ago about the Guinness Book of World Records that Natalia holds? Yes, uh, I think six records or she seven does. or something like that. Yeah, so the Guinness Book of World Records presented WWE superstar Natalia with six world record certificates um, back in 2023, right before the Money in the Bank um, event. And so the first one, most WWE matches for a female, 1,514. So of any female superstar in the history of the WWE slash WWF, she has the most matches. She has the most wins of any woman in WWE, WWF history with 663. She has the most pay-per-view appearances by any female in the WWE, WWF at 75 pay-per-views. She has been in WrestleMania more than any other female, eight WrestleManias. She has more Raw matches than any other female at 174. And she has the most SmackDown matches at 200. Now, obviously, these numbers are changed because, you know, by, by the time this kind of tweet came out, she's wrestled. And, you know, she's had more matches. But when we talk about somebody like Natty, and, and man, you and I have gone up and down the roads with this, just talking about her work ethic and how hard and dedicated she is to the company, and how she works with the talent backstage. And she's always that consummate professional, willing to do whatever it takes to put that next generational star over. Um, she's number one in every single category. What I, That's incredibly impressive. And the fact that she has been a champion, but the fact that she doesn't always get the championship opportunities, but she's still a team player. This right here says it all that you need to know about Natty Neidhart. 100% pure company wrestler. It's not about her. She wants to get the company over. You think of 1,500 matches you said, Mike, she's had? Let's see here. Total, to that total matches, 1,514. More, the most matches by any female wrestler in history in WWE. But less than 700 wins. So that shows you right there that she's, oh, she's, she's, she's doing more interested best for in, business. Exactly. It's not about her getting over. I'm biased. You know this. Anybody listening knows this. I'm 100% biased, and I'll admit it. I am. I think she is an easy top five women's wrestler of all time. I, you know what? All, I'm talking all time moolah back in like the whole shooting match. I think she stopped that. I can't really argue with that. I really can't because I think it says it right here. I mean, Tyson Kidd is one of the most respected agents in WWE right now. And what a power couple. And I feel like, you know, that phrase power couple got thrown around. I feel like several years ago when it was, you know, Triple H and Stephanie, and then you had um, Shane Douglas and, and Francine and Macho and, and whomever of his valets. Um, but when you think about it, like Natty is, is one of the most successful women wrestlers, maybe not even WWE, like you said, of all time in any organization. But then what Tyson does is He's so respected and so beloved in the company. Um, talk about just people who want to do what's best 
and check the ego at the door. It, she's very similar. Uh, the the um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Her the body of work too. Owen. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Amazing wrestler. Like just everything you want. Really never got the recognition he deserved. Unfortunately, Owen wasn't real when he had his tragic accident. Uh, I don't want to go down that road, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, sure. Maddie, I don't think quite gets the love she should. I would agree. Right. I mean, you think of what she's done for women's wrestling because you think she was there in the divas nonsense when there was the bra and panties match and the yes you know the mud wrestling and the just the silliness else russo and bischoff came up with and she's still around and she's had some god awful games the farting why were they mad at her did she do something bad because that was dumb well probably dumb First of all, when you look at a lot of things WWE has done in the past, and I think we've agreed a lot of it has been juvenile. And, and, and look, we can question and you know play armchair quarterback all we want, but there has been, and a lot of it stems from Vince. Whatever we've heard this phrase before, whatever entertains Vince is what he's willing to put on TV. But it's at the expense of the performers and how they end up looking. And yeah, she's gone through a lot of stuff that she probably had to just bear and grin it. Um, because she again wanted to do what was best for the women's division. Oh, how old is Natty now? Natty, let's see here. If I had to let me pull up my notes here. Uh, da, 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 da. She is she was born May 27th of 1982. So she's clearly younger than uh younger she's 41. Than 41 years old, but she don't look it, I'll tell you that much. No. Wow. But, but she started when she was young. Was she not 18 or 19, I believe? Uh, months mm-hmm. old when they started? Yeah. The hearts? Yeah. Well, possibly. She might Before have Before they were out of diapers, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, 2000, uh, she made her debut. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then she did a bunch of different things um, with various promotions before she ended up getting a developmental uh, deal with WWE back in 2007. So good for her. She's still running strong. And um, I don't Here's know. Just... Random tidbit, Mike. And starting in October of 2017, she writes a weekly column for the Calgary Sun and the Edmonton Sun newspapers. Wow. Detailing her life and career. I did not know that. Do no, I have... got that from Wikipedia. So it could be complete bullshit, too. I got that's interesting, but it could be complete horseshit. No, but that's interesting. Didn't Brett also wasn't he a contributor to one of the publications up in Canada? Possibly, he would definitely write an article about himself. Yeah, I like Brett. Don't get me wrong, but he definitely likes to talk about himself. So, Um, damn good wrestler. Very good, very good. And I I want to talk about. A little bit about Brett when we talk about uh, AEW doing the second uh, Owen Hart tournament. But um, let's stick on top of, of WWE for a second. Another piece of information that I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, this has been all over the internet. So it looks like Ronda Rousey has given WWE what she calls a hard out. Uh, and a lot of people have been talking about this on the internet and on social media. 
what really does a hard out mean? What basically means that Rhonda has contractually the abilities to give a final end date when she wants it to be. And it looks like she definitely wants to be out of the WWE. Now, when it comes to what's next for, I don't know, but it was always Rhonda's vision for her final feud to be with Shayna Baszler because obviously they were both UFC stars and Shayna was actually the one who contacted Rhonda to bring her into WWE. So I, I don't know right now. A lot of things that I'm reading is Rhonda is set to depart uh, after SummerSlam. Now there was somebody who had spoken to someone close to Rhonda and said, oh, maybe she'll have her f finale at WrestleMania. And they said, no, 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 no. Way, way before that. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you had heard a lot about this. Uh, Meltzer was reporting on this, that she definitely is departing from WWE. This is, this is it. Um, what is your take on Ronda Rousey basically telling WWE, you know, from her standpoint, I'm, I'm done. This is my final date. Um, this is why they had them win the championships, the tag titles, and then obviously, I uh, have Shayna turn on Ronda, yada, yada, and then there you go. Oh, good on her for knowing what she wants to hang up the boots and move on in her life. So I think that's a, a positive spin you can take on it. Um, I don't want to say bad about Ronda, but she, has she ever really been all in, do you think? I don't think so in the, in in that's kind of always been, you know, the knock on Rhonda is that it never really felt like she had two feet in the WWE. It always felt like she had one foot in and then she would always kind of, well, I don't know about this. And then whether she was working people or not, she would talk about, you know, the women's division sometimes on social media in kind of a disparaging way. But once again, we don't know what's a work and what's not in wrestling. But you did get that feeling, you know, Rhonda left for a period of time, obviously to have a child, and then obviously she came back, and then she's been dealing with injuries, and then she was gone, then she came back. So if this is the last we see of Ronda Rousey, I mean, I think she made a big splash in the beginning. Yeah. And then I think, because she always talked about this being her dream, but I think and follow me on this and everyone listening to this, tell me if this makes sense. Sometimes we get in enamored with a dream and at least in our minds, we think it's going to be this, 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 and this, right? But sometimes it doesn't always end up being that way. It, it ends up being a lot more than just that. And sometimes the commitment level is a lot more than we thought it would be. And being on the road and working through injuries and being away from a child and I think that I'm glad she got to do it because it was her dream. But I think she realizes right now, I don't need to do this. Like maybe I got it out of my system and I've done all these things and I've had fun, but I don't need to do it anymore. And I don't at the risk of my body. You know what I mean? So what what is your take when it comes to Rhonda? And did you always get the feeling she was kind of half in, kind of half out? First, when she came in, no. I, I personally thought she was all in. Like, she wanted it. She wanted to do it. Everything she wanted to be taken serious as a superstar. She was you know, she was very green. 
but you tell she was putting in the work. Sure. And look, look, because she made drastic improvements. But then she almost went backwards. And I don't know why. And don't get me wrong, she's a great talent. And she has had some good matches, and she was over like Rover. I don't know if she is so much now. I, I think um, I think people just don't, no, I don't want to say don't care. That's that's strong to say. They're not as invested as they were with her now. I don't know if that's because she took time away, came back, took time away, came back. I mean, I'm not faulting her. She one time she left to have, have a child. Good on you. You can't hold that against somebody. Anybody that holds that against somebody is an idiot. That's just not how it works. You know, you, you got to look after your family first, so that's number one. So that, I don't mean anything bad that way, but she left to do some acting. Once again, she had a chance. Doors were open for her. I know she did a movie or two. There was a TV show she was on. Um, it was like a police firefighter TV show I seen her on one time. Um, so, I mean, she, she was doing good for herself here, but I don't know if the, the novelty worn off. Is, I don't know if that's the right way to say it or not, but you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say here, Mike? Yeah, I, f- I feel like the bloom is off the rose, if I can use a cliche. I feel like in the beginning, people were all in about Ronda because she was hot. She was coming off of success in UFC. She was a, a really a prominent figure in that organization. So she had a lot of momentum. And I think the problem with was, I don't think she developed. I don't think she grew. I think that unfortunately she regressed and she relied on a lot of in-ring abilities that were more judo throws and submissions and you know it really wasn't like she was becoming more of a of a technical wrestler um it it, not everyone's going to be a technical wrestler either so you know maybe that's bad for me to criticize her that way but i just don't feel like she took that next step or took that next step and we talk about that with a lot of people right we talk about like when we talk about drew mcintyre for example drew mcintyre uh 3mb Right. And then he went away to impact wrestling. He got better. He changed some things. He looked at wrestling differently, comes back to WWE. And now he's, he's doing great things. And obviously his future is still uh, up in the air as far as WWE, but he evolved. And I feel like in wrestling, if you, if you fail to evolve, then you're going to get left behind. And you can't just rely on your name because nowadays wrestling fans, um, if you put up a stinker, they're going to let you know about it no matter who you are. And I think that's the problem. People were like, yeah, we'll give Rhonda a pass for a while. But then when it really didn't change, it was that same thing she kept doing. And no offense to Rhonda, but promos also were not one of her strong points. Being on a microphone and... Not everyone's a great talker, but I mean, she had trouble getting through very short segments. Um, so I feel like that's kind of what happened with Ronda. I, I feel like it was interesting. It was an experiment that could have definitely blossomed into something. She was a project and it just never really came. And they gave her championships. They gave her pushes. They gave her great storylines. It's just at some point in time, she has to raise herself up 
as well. And that just never happened. Would you consider her run with WWE a bust? I wouldn't say a bust. Um, I wouldn't quite say a monumental success. I would say it was probably on a scale one to 10, probably about a six. I'm going to give her above average run, but I'm not going to go much higher than that. Um, some people have said, do you think she's a Hall of Famer? Uh, listen, the, the Hall of Fame has no validity and credibility, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's, it's a spectacle. It's another way for them to sell tickets, to generate revenue, for people to come in to a live show to see it. So my opinion is definitely going to be slanted. But do I think she'd get in? Oh, God, yes. Do I think she had a really good career? No, not really. What about you? Um, I'd say six. Might be able to stretch it to a seven. Uh, not necessarily because of her in-ring work, because of the attention she brought to WWE, coming from the UFC MMA world. Uh, so she definitely had the appeal of that. She created new fans. Uh, the crossover appeal. I don't know if I said that right or not. That is. Uh, but she she definitely had that, so she she helped. Um. She, yeah, she's a Hall of Famer. Uh, WWE Hall of Fame. It's you know it's not necessarily your in ring work, but you gotta think for the first year she was around, maybe a little more than a year, she was over. She was she super was. over. She was. Right. And having some damn good matches. So, but didn't have the longevity, unfortunately. And like you said, she just never really progressed. Correct. Origi originally, she did. She started getting better and better. And that's like she just hit her ceiling. I don't know. Maybe that's all she had in her. Well, I, she I'm coming from the judo, Olympic judo. MMA, so she she was beat up before she got to WWE. Absolutely. So maybe that's all she had in her. Maybe it's all her heart had in her. No, maybe once she's like, "Hey, I made it. Nah, uh, it's not what I thought it would be," and her heart necessarily wasn't as invested in it as she originally was. There's umpteen different things it could be. Uh, she's definitely going to Hall of Fame, though. Just name recognition. Sure. Bob Euchre's in the Hall of Fame, for Christ's sake. Bob Euchre's also an American icon, but you're right. But but it's based upon what you did in WWE. You're right. So Bob's in there. Uh, Pete Rose got tombstoned twice um, as the San Diego Chicken by Kane, and then once again by being a ring announcer. So, I, once again, I don't hold any credibility to it. It's... Uh, it's it's not the Cauliflower Alley Club. Let's put it no. to you that way. Where does she go in? Now is she gonna go in like pioneer? She's like, uh, you know, because how many women are in the WWE Hall of Fame? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head how many people are in um, females. You can. I'm working on it. Probably look that up. Um, but yeah, so she's got a hard out of her contract, so that means that she's most likely going to be done. Some people say SummerSlam. Um, some people were speculating WrestleMania. That was kind of nixed. Now, I guess the big thing that at least is on my mind is, okay, so she's got this hard out in her contract. 
Now, does that mean there's still a 90-day no-compete? And you're probably saying, Mike, what the hell are you talking about? If she's done, she's done. Well, sometimes if you don't have a crazy work schedule, you might be more inclined to do things. So let's take a look at when WWE and WCW had their competition going. A big reason why people wanted to go to WCW was, A, they didn't have to work as often. They got paid guaranteed money. Okay, so now let's let's flip the script here. 20-some-odd years later, AEW now is on the Turner Networks. They work one night a week. So if you work, if you work a dynamite, you'll work a dynamite and you may or may not work a rampage, but they're in the same night. So that's, that's it. So you could theoretically fly in on a Tuesday, work Wednesday, actually catch a flight Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and then not have to return back till the following Tuesday. Now, if you work collision, uh, sometimes they're going to be taped depending on the scenario, but you could fly in on a Friday, you have the show on a Saturday, fly back home, and then you're not back until the following Friday again. And AEW has done some house shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that's going to continue. There's been a lot of speculation on whether or not they will continue them. A lot of people who have been to the events said they are amazing. They sell out. They are very fan-friendly, very fan-interactive. The stars grab the microphones after the shows are over and they engage with the audience. They tell stories. It's really a great experience. Now, they don't do them all the time. They definitely don't. I think they do house shows maybe a couple times a month tops. And you're probably not going to have more than, what, 10, 15 people that are going to be there. So it's one of those deals where you know your schedule's not going to be wicked crazy. And they have such a huge roster, AEW, that you might not even need to come in very often. Do I think Ronda could appear? I do. Yeah, and for something like that, I could see her doing it. I mean, why not? If, you're, if you can do a late schedule like that, or even if she just, she's not going to do like the independent circuit, I don't think. But no, like you're a, not like, a, no like a one-off uh, impact brings her in for a match or two, like a special attraction thing. MLW, I, I doubt they could, but you, you get where I'm going. Like a New Japan a, a match surprise me, hundred percent. Especially with her MMA background, that would make perfect sense. Yes, right. I could see her doing stuff like that, but I, yeah, uh, if she keeps going, I would doubt it's a money thing. She's done very well for herself. Between her UFC money and promotional stuff and movie and TV and WWE contract, I would imagine her WWE contract alone was a pretty penny. Oh, so she's done well for herself. She's not an old lady. She's no. still fairly, she's in her 30s still. There's no way she's 40 years old. She, I'd be shocked if she is. Right now, her net worth as of July 2023 is $14 million. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can pull up her contract. All right, so you got to think 14 mil net worth. And it's not like she'll never make another dime going forward. Agreed. She, like, her she salary. Autograph circuit. 
she could just do special appearances. Like fan fests and stuff like that. Her salary is $1.5 million a year. She also makes $2.1 million a year in merchandise sales and bonuses. Uh, she is the second highest paid female superstar. She is behind Becky Lynch. Oh. So interesting, but that's a, uh, it's a good chunk of change. Once again, she made a ton of money way before she even came to WWE. So it's not as if she's hurting for money. No. So realistically, I, I would think that she's just going to do the fan fest autograph circuit, special appearances. I can't see her just retiring and being done. Right. But I can also see UFC using her as well. Or a commentator promotions have her come in. Now, once again, meet and greet, autographs, signings. Because don't forget, UFC puts off a big fan fest in Las Vegas every year. Um, second week of July. So, actually, be coming up soon. That's that's huge. And plus, they're always doing promotional stuff. Right? She was in Strike Force before, she was an Olympic. Um, uh, Judica, I think that's what they call judo okay. wrestlers. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure she's still getting a little bit of promotion from that. Plus, she had sponsors when she was in UFC. Yeah, I don't know if she still has any um, ongoing sponsorship deals. She has so many open windows, right? So I, I think she'd be almost foolish to completely walk away from it. I wonder. In, and it's interesting you just brought up UFC because now the new company is UFC and WWE merging. Um, now, from the UFC side, Dana White was saying that there will not be any crossover from UFC into WWE. Um, but, I mean, there's there's going to be some type of affiliation, I would assume. Do we think maybe Ronda could be somehow involved with maybe training wrestler or training fighters or could we see her on a on a pay-per-view as a as a guest commentator or something like that i think it definitely has a possibility because whether we like to accept it or not ufc is way bigger than wwe as far as just general appeal because it's an actual sport and i definitely think that she could go back and do that if she wanted or maybe we're both wrong, and maybe she just rides off into the sunset and says, you know what, I put my body through enough, I'm done, and that's it. But it's just surprising that it's not like, oh, once my contract expires, you know, that that's my last contract in wrestling. She very well made it a point to say, I'm giving them a heart out, I'm, I'm done, done. This is my last feud, I am not going to be continuing with the company. Stuff interesting. Uh, for regards to her going to UFC to be a commentator, nope. She can't talk. Well, you also got to keep in mind with the headset, people are feeding her stuff to say. Yeah. Um, no, Joe Rogan's there as well. I mean, she, she could do she could do some some color, not play-by-play, play, but I think she might be able to throw some stuff in there. You never know. You never know. Um Speaking of WWE, I wanted to get your opinion on Damian Priest. Uh, Damian Priest is obviously with Judgment Day. He's a big deal, and he most recently won the men's 2023 Money in the Bank. 
which means at any point in time he can cash in for any championship that he wants. Damian Priest is someone who I feel is the stereotypical guy who went through the training uh, module, if you will, the NXT, came up to the main roster, looks really good, can talk really well. And it was really just a matter of time before he got his opportunity and he won. And I think this is more a sign of what Triple H is doing is that he's really, he's got his eye on, okay, we need to really start focusing on the future. And that's the beauty. I think of what WWE does. They don't always look back. They continue to look forward. And I think with Damian Priest, I think they are going to make him a huge star. Um, are you surprised by this? I mean, as opposed to someone else winning Money in the Bank, because there's a lot of questions about who would win. Are you surprised they went ahead and, and gave it to Damian? Yes. I didn't think he was winning. I thought it was LA Knight. That's why, because he's over. And he is Very a over. hot commodity right now. Yes. And, and he deserves it. So that's who I thought they were going to go with. However, uh, I don't think LA Knight right now necessarily would need a title to stay relevant. So you don't necessarily need to go that route. Um, it's interesting that they gave it to Damien because um, Judgment Day is going to implode soon. I do believe You're that. You're going to see that blow up. Yeah. Uh, I see... Well, I think you'd be a fool not to see um, a feud between Finn and, and Damian Priest. I think that would be tremendous. Right. Uh, Finn Balor's fantastic. A little lost in the shuffle at times, unfortunately. I would agree. Right. But you, you just think about his match he had with Edge. Hell, they stapled the man's head shut in the ring. Yeah. He, he can go. Uh, I'm glad he did away with the demon gimmick. So yeah, these 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 alternate things I don't so really much. like. Um, so no, but, but sorry, I got a lot of tractor. But getting back to Damien, uh, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, I thought Knight was going to win. That was just my hunch going into Money in the Bank. That's why I figured it was going to win. I don't think Damien Priest is a bad choice by no choice. He's, he's good. He's amazing, and it's nice to see an NXT guy get the rub. Yes. Because a lot of them come up, are very, very good, but nothing comes of them. They don't really right. get some do, but unfortunately, it's more don't than they do. Uh, Damian Priest's been around a while now, and it's, it's good to see him get get that chance. Do you see him win the championship is the question, though. Um... Well, and that depends on what championship you're referring to. So, like, if we're talking about the World Heavyweight Championship that Seth Rollins has, yes. Do I see him becoming WWE Champion or whatever they're calling it on SmackDown? I don't. Um, but I think he's definitely a great, great guy to keep long-term. And if it means putting the belt on him to take him to that next level. Here's a perfect example. Sometimes people don't need a belt. LA Knight doesn't need the belt to take himself to the next level, right? However, you have that Damian Priest who's right there. 
And what is that thing that's going to get him to the next level? Because it's not his matches. It's not his charisma. It's not his promos. What's that last little thing that he needs before fans say, damn, he now has it? The belt. That's how the belt helps make the star, where in LA Knight situation, the star doesn't need the belt. The, the, the star is already at that peak spot where they need to be before the next big moment or storyline uh, really kind of falls into the, into place for them. That, that's very accurate. I couldn't have said it better myself. Actually, I wouldn't have came close to saying it better than that. Good job, Mike. Thank you. I, every once in a while, I have a good thought. Um, so with Damian Priest, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think he's been putting on great matches. He's really the, the prototypical WWE guy. I mean, think about it. Good looking. He's huge. He's got a great physique. He can talk. It's one of those things where it's like, man, this guy has all the intangibles. Where did we see that before? The Rock. Whoa, he could no. talk. He was good looking. He was good on the mic. I'm not I'm not saying that he's going to be following in the in the footsteps of The Rock. But what I'm saying though is he has those unique characteristics that he could definitely be a big deal for quite a while. Yes. Quite that, a while. That I could agree with. He's he is that good. Um let's kind of switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about the aforementioned LA Knight. Uh obviously Sean Ricker uh plays the character of LA Knight on WWE. He has been just about anywhere and everywhere. A lot of people remember him from his time in Impact Wrestling as Eli Drake. And I thought Eli Drake was a great character in Impact. Unfortunately, we were kind of in that really weird zone with, with Impact Wrestling where what was going to happen with the company? Were they going to go out of business? Were they not? The writing was not the greatest in the world. You know, they changed it from the, you know, multi-sided octagonal ring to a square ring. And I, I don't really know what happened with him. And then I think he did a little stuff with... Um, Global Force Wrestling, which was the the Jeff Jarrett side promotion that was supposed to be like this big colossal thing that never really came to fruition. But he's over right now. However, the fans may really like him, but not everyone feels the same way about LA Knight. Um, have you heard some of the comments uh, that Kevin Nash has said about LA Knight? He's a rock ripoff, apparently. Yeah, he, he that really, might not be the exact words, but that's the gist of it. No, it is the you're right. Um, so I'm going to read this directly. WWF, former WWF champion and NWO leader and member of the Click, Kevin Nash made a bold claim that LA Knight is nothing more than a ripoff of people like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He also said there's a clear divide amongst wrestling fans on whether or not. He is a megastar. Now, for in comparison, Knight was certainly the type of person who can deliver great promos. He's definitely inspiring. He's definitely somebody who has charisma. Um, but once again, some people who are not in the industry right now think that he is not all that. And Kevin Nash is definitely one of those people. So let me ask you this question. A lot of wrestlers steal a lot of things from a lot of people. I'm not saying he's doing that, but I'm saying, once again, you had the original Nature Boy, 
that kind of went down the line. Ric Flair eventually took that as well from Buddy Rogers. You, you had Gorgeous George, who Ric Flair took a little bit of that flamboyancy with him as well. You look at Hulk Hogan. Well, he got that from Jesse Ventura, which got that from superstar Billy Graham. So it's kind of like, man, there's a lot of these things that are in this genesis of wrestlers. It's like, oh, I like that. I'm going to take that. Or I like this. The Velveteen Dream, which which I don't agree with any of the things that he did from a personal standpoint, but he really took a lot of stuff away from um, just being a character that is based upon somebody else. Do you feel like Sean Ricker is definitely intentionally trying to tap into stone cold or tapping into the rock or do you think no this is really just kind of what fits for him if he's smart he's totally trying to work their gimmick into his gimmick a bit now to say he's a ripoff other than that's a little foolish listen at this point it's damn near impossible to come up with an original gimmick it's all been done yeah. Well, the bulk of it has been done. Done. So, you know, what's what's the issue here? Unless he's coming out and calling himself the Stone Cold Rock and just totally butchering their gimmick and stuff like that, I don't have an issue with it. It's been done forever and a day. You take a little bit of this, you take a little bit of that, a little bit from this guy, your own twist on that. You throw it all together, hopefully you get over it. And he is. We're not talking like when WCW had the Renegade and WWE had the Warrior. Okay, excellent, that was a excellent blatant point. ripoff. Like Very much so. No, and you can maybe say Goldberg Stone Cold was... That True. might be a little bit of a stretch, but you get where I'm going. Yeah, I do. But the Renegade and Word, that was 100% a ripoff. Yeah. It didn't work out worth a damn, but it was it was a ripoff. It's it's just the way it is. You're, you're always going to be recycled. You're going, there's always so many ideas, there's always so many gimmicks. It's just it's the way it is. Like you well, said, there's been Superstar Billy Graham, Jesse Ventura, Hulk Hogan. So should we look down on the Hulk or Jesse, because they are ripping off Superstar. Really, like we're not going to go that route. I don't think I won't anyhow, because I just don't have an issue with it. I don't think he's a blatant ripoff. Do I think he's boring a little bit from here, a little bit from there? Absolutely, I do. I don't have an issue with it. Now, if he comes out Monday in black trunks and a black leather vest. And a shaved head and a goatee. Like, whoa, come on now. Where this is, this now is you're much the line. now. Yeah. But what he's doing, I think it's fantastic. Don't knock him for it. Let's let's get on board. Let's ride. That's a wagon there. Let, let's ride that. On his My World podcast, Jeff Jarrett specifically addressed Kevin Nash's comments and noted that he could imagine him saying something like that when they spent time together on the road. He then complimented Knight for his work in the WWE and the way he's presenting himself on the platform. Jarrett also went to say Ellie Knight's experience and praised his persistence and passion for wrestling. He would go on to say this. 
Kevin, I read that, and it took me back to when you used to ride in the cars together. I could see Kevin Nash going down the road saying something just like that. I guarantee if we had a couple of tall ones in us, he would sit back, he would do impersonations, and we'd laugh our asses off. But you know what? That's the way it is. They've given him the platform, and you know what? The guy has gotten himself over. He's been four or five different types of characters on national television, whatever it is. But he's a seasoned guy who, you know what, has been in the business for a while, and he's trying to get himself over. So at the end of the day, and there's more to this quote. I'm not going to go into all of it. But at the end of the day, when you think about it, why can you or why would you hate on somebody like Kevin Nash isn't even in the business? And I think this is one thing that wrestling fans pick up on is people who aren't in the business commenting on the business if it's not an objective statement like you know what i really think this would be good if they did this or this but ripping on one of the boys it where's where is that being productive because think about it for this perspective if kevin nash was in the industry and he was healthy and creative came to him and said you know what i think you could take a little bit from this guy and a little bit from that guy and do whatever and it got him over he would be in the same situation and but that's wrestling that that's wrestling it, jealousy is it runs rampant in wrestling envy runs rampant in wrestling um and i just think it's a shame he can't just say you know what good for sean bricker good for him he, he's been in the business for a while he's he's been a, a traveler and now he's finally found something that works and then you could have people say you know what i like that kevin nash but i mean what does this do other than just make him look bad he comes off as very bitter. Good, good word and, right there. And very this is—it's happened. I couldn't uh, reference a specific article before, but you've heard him say some disparaging things in the past. He just comes off as a a bitter old wrestler, and he shouldn't be, because he had a great career. Another guy that went on did some movies and whatnot, had a great run, done very well for himself. So I don't know why he's so foul about it for. But if he's got an issue with L.A. Knight, okay, I'd be interested to know how he feels about Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, and Soraya being an outsider's uh, knockoff, for lack of better words. If you want to talk about a knockoff, that's a knockoff. They've you known to the spray paint and three people the spray paint that that's that's pretty damn close. So how does he feel about that? I think people pick and choose their spots. Yeah. I think people 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 turn a blind eye when they like someone, even though they may be doing the same thing someone they don't like is doing, but yet they're going to focus on the person they don't like. Maybe there was maybe there was a beef between them at some point. I have no idea. But at the end of the day, you got to think about it. Dude, you made your money. You're a huge star. You're a Hall of Famer. You're a legend in the business. Why do you need, and I know it's a podcast, and I know it's a show, and everyone has to find something, a soundbite, you know, go wild or viral so people will listen to it and the downloads and all that. But I, I feel like what you said before, it's just it comes across as bitter, and it doesn't put Kevin in a good light. But I don't know. Now, 
there's always more than one person's opinion to this. So obviously we have one vote for he's a complete knockoff. Jeff Jarrett says good for him. He's a, a traveler. He's a journeyman. He's done his thing and he's finally found his niche. Let's go ahead and let's hear from what Conan had to say on the latest episode of Keeping Him 100. Veteran Luchador revealed that, you know what? He wasn't sold on the Max Dupree gimmick, um, and he really wasn't big on him with Eli Drake and Impact Wrestling. However, Conan said his work um, with the LA Knight character has got him over, and he believes that he's doing a great job. Now, he does think he's taking some inspiration from the Attitude Era, which, once again, we talked about that. You can take inspirations from things. I mean, Grandma's Great Apple Pie... As much as she, you saw her in the kitchen making it, guarantee grandma might have been sitting around talking with some other friends and they said, oh, well, I put cumin inside my pie or I put allspice or I put a little extra of this. Come on. Grandma's going to kayfabe that pie. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Guarantee she talked to somebody because someone's going to try your pie and go, you know what? I really like this, but you might want to try butter instead of margarine or you might want to try this pastry instead of this, you know, dough. But... I'm getting off target. Let's let's finish this. You so, want to try a, a grandma pie? You know what? I love grandma pies. I love grandma pies. I love pies. If you smell what I'm cooking. All right, that's a ripoff. Um, so Conan said, we had LA Knight on the show, and we asked him about some of these things. I said, hey, you know what? Your cadence looks a lot like the rocks. And he goes, yeah, I know. So he's not really denying it. He's paying homage to some of the greatest who've ever done it, especially when it comes to his mic. The first time I saw him on Impact, I said, this guy is a ripoff. And then the next thing I knew, I saw him again. And then I interviewed The Rock, and he said, yeah, he's inspired by me. And you know what? That's kind of what wrestling is, is being inspired by people. And you know what? I don't see anything wrong with what he's doing. Um, Conan would go on to call LA Knight the hottest guy in the company right now, uh, based on the reaction he received at Money in the Bank. It's hard to argue against his popularity. And despite someone agreeing with Nash's comments at times, the prolific booker and promoter still sees big things for Knight's future. Um, obviously, this is a big one from uh, keeping it 100. So K100 and uh, Wrestling Inc. brought us that. So. I feel like the man has more people on his side than he has detractors. Um, once again, why are we even having a conversation? The guy's hot right now. Let it run. This thing may be over in six months, and people will have been upset for nothing. Or he could go on to have a great career, become WWE champion, whatever it may be, but good for him. What does yeah. it matter? Why does everyone get their panties in a bunch? Because it's cool to get your panties in a bunch now. The Rock isn't saying anything. Stone Cold's not saying anything. So the two people who he's been linked to, um, they haven't said boo to anything. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sean didn't even reach out to them and say, hey, just FYI, you know, I really liked your work. I'm trying to come up with something. Do you care if I do X, Y, and Z? He may have already had that conversation. So... I just think sometimes people like to bitch for the reasons to bitch. But just, who cares if he did or he didn't? He I entertained agree. or not? I agree. It doesn't it's matter. Just as simple. He's entertaining. Yes. Why can't you just enjoy it? I have no idea. Why you gotta be a miserable twat waffle? Don't be that. Don't be a scumbag or a twat waffle. That's right. Which 
I'm not really quite sure what ingredients go into that, but I don't think grandma made one of those. I never know. Grandma had, you know. Grandma was grandma was back in the day. She was doing her thing, wasn't she? She was. She and we here's the funny thing. We look at our our you know older generation of grandparents and whatnot. We're like, oh, they're so sweet and kind. You don't know. They could have been freaks. You we have no idea. Well, you never but you know, know what? Who cares? Exactly. Who cares who does what? Well, I'll say I, it makes you watch. It, <laughs> Good point. As long as they did not make you watch. Um, guys, just a small break right here. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember this podcast is available anywhere. Fine podcasts are made available. It's absolutely free. We're on all major platforms. If you enjoy this podcast, please go ahead and share it on social media. And if you happen to know someone who likes wrestling podcasts, so we're just a couple of buddies chatting about life itself. Go ahead and share it with them as well. We're available again, anywhere. Fine podcasts are available and it's absolutely free. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Brian Pillman Jr. And I know that we haven't seen him on AEW TV. Have you heard the recent news about Brian Pillman Jr.? No, I haven't heard well, anything about him in months. A long time. Yes. Well, he and Griff Garrison were, were a tag team and then Griff got injured and then Brian just really was not utilized because the roster was so bloated. Well, Ryan Clark is reporting from E-Wrestling News that Brian Pilliam Jr.'s time in AEW has come to an end. Uh, PW Insider reporting that Brian Pillman Jr.'s deal with All Elite Wrestling has expired and he's officially no longer with the company. Now, AEW doesn't publicly announce their departures, unlike WWE, who wishes people on their future endeavors. Pillman first competed at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view in 2019, was a member of the Varsity Blondes with Griff Garrison, and he last competed with the company in May. Uh, now, to what extent? I have no idea. I have not seen him, and I watch AEW religiously. Let me ask you a question. Is Brian Pillman Jr. just a casualty of too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to stars, or is it they never really got that thing out of him that they really wanted? Both. Uh, bloated roster. Conversation we've had umpteen times. I'm not going down that road again. We've, we've beaten that horse to death talking about it. Yeah, that, uh, that, that horse is dog to at this point. Oh, 100%. And due to the bloated roster, they just never really went with them. When him and Griff were having their their going on and they had um uh who was their valet? Julia Hart. Julia Hart. That was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I thought they were doing very good. Fortunately Griff got hurt and Brian got lost. And Julia's gone on. She was with uh, Malachi Black, the House of Black now. Brian just got he just got lost. They didn't seem to know what to do with him. And it's because there's just, the roster's so damn big. And I don't think, Pillman Jr. is never going to be his dad. Well, I don't well, think that, that was ever going to happen. But he correct. could be a serviceable wrestler. He could have been a solid mid-card guy 
no tag team wrestler, and even a singles wrestler, if he had a chance. He's not a bum. No, he's not. He's, he's not a good. superstar, but he's not a bum either. Right. He's a solid mid-card guy, and there's not a damn thing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. He will have a good career. He's going. He's not done. He's He might bounce around a little bit now, but I would be shocked if he showed up on Impact in a couple weeks' time. I wouldn't be. Right? And he'd be very serviceable for him. I also think that people like Brian Pillman Jr., much like uh, Dominic Mysterio, um, or even Brock Anderson, you know, you have a very difficult road ahead of you because no matter how much, you know, you claim, I want to be seen as my own person or I'm going to carve my own way or carve my own path, whatever the phrase is. Every time they hear the name, they're always going to think of memories of the father. That's just the way it is. I mean, how many times have we seen Cody and Dustin and they always boom, go right back to Dusty. You know, did the two guys live up to what Dusty did? And I think because Brian Pillman was bigger than just what he did in the ring. I mean, the things he did with getting Bischoff to get him out of his contract, he worked that. And then going over into ECW and doing all that crazy stuff. I mean, that was genius. That was creative work. But just because your dad is one way doesn't mean you're going to be that way. And I feel like sometimes they act like that's that generational bloodline is going to continue. No pun intended. But it doesn't necessarily always translate. And I feel like he was always in the shadow of his dad. Now, keep in mind, Brian Pillman was a decent wrestler in WCW uh, under Bill Watts. But he really never broke out until he ended up becoming a member of the Hollywood Blondes. So I think sometimes it's about being paired with the right person. Did we think Griff was the right person? Maybe. Griff is also injury prone. So that kind of stalls that. And I think they looked at the Hollywood, uh, not the Hollywood Blondes, the Varsity Blondes. And they thought, okay, how are we going to piece this thing apart? We want to keep Julia okay, we're going to go ahead and make her turn heel. She's now with the House of Black. I got some comments about Julia Hart in a few minutes, but I think they just didn't see enough fire out of Brian Pillman Jr. And this is show business. You got to be able to bring it. And I think at the end of the day, he just never had enough charisma to bring it. And I don't know. He's good. It's almost a kiss of death. If you're a second generational talent, yes, you got to be good, like good, good, or else you're going to be seen as a as a bum. Eric Watts was not a know, bad wrestler, but he never really got his shot. David Flair, yes, he was not a bad wrestler. People beat up on him all the time. He wasn't a bad wrestler. He wasn't his old man, but it's not like he was dog shit in the ring. He was I, half decent. Well, don't you think that for every five people that don't live up to their parents, there is that one or two that actually could exceed it, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect? Larry the Axe Henning was in the AWA. Obviously, Kurt comes in, uh, ends up having his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania five when he took on the Blue Blazer, which was Owen Hart. And then he took on that Mr. Perfect persona. And I think he actually went beyond what his father accomplished. So... There is one example of, yeah, it can happen, 
but it doesn't happen very often. It's because you're already behind the eight ball right yeah. from the get go because you've got these big shoes to fill. And a lot of uh, fans won't give you that chance because I remember exactly where Brian Pillman. He was this. Oh, this is Brian Pillman Jr., Pillman's young fella. Jeez, he's not his old man. Correct. Oh, no, but his old man wasn't his old man at one point either. This is correct. You know, he, he built up to it, and he was like, poor Brock Anderson is doomed. He should just pack her in now. He's got no chance. People have turned on him. Hey, hate to break to you, people. His old man wasn't the most entertaining wrestler either. He was a damn good wrestler, but it's not like, you know, it was a spot fest. He was good on the mic, and he was just, you know, a very methodical Southern-style wrestler, right? Now that there's a lot of flash to his rings, he is, you know, you could say a little bit boring, just very technical. Hey, guess what? Brock's kind of like that. Yeah, this is true. Not as good on the mic. But he's also very young. Arn wasn't that great on the mic when he was Brock's age, I bet you either. No, and I think a lot of those promos that were cut when they formed uh, formed the Horsemen was JJ, was Rick, mm-hmm. uh, really cutting them. I mean, Tully was better than Arn, but even Tully didn't talk a whole lot. So because they were the they were the grunts, they went out there and they just had great matches. If you can have great matches and you can't talk that great, they can always put a mouthpiece with you. That's always the saying. But if you're not putting out great matches and you can't talk, you're not going to get by just because of your last name. You're Sean Stasiak. This is true. Very true. His father was a huge star in the WWF. uh, WWF. Um, But yeah, his son just didn't translate. But now he's a doctor. I think he may, he might have always been a doctor. That's yeah, so worked out well for him. I think he's doing quite all right. Um, I had mentioned before some people that actually did turn out better the second generation than the first. So you have Rocky Johnson and Peter Maivia, High Chief, and then obviously The Rock is uh, is the byproduct. So he did better. Um, and this one's kind of questionable. It depends on what standpoint you're looking at. Brett and Owen Hart surpassing Stu Hart. Um, I might be able to go along with that. Randy Sab mm-hmm. surpassing what um, his father had done, uh, Angelo Poffo. Now, do I think the genius uh, passed him? Eh, maybe not. And I think in some ways he got the, the benefit of the doubt because of Randy and a lot of things. And that's how uh, Lanny got his contract with WCW, even though he never wrestled. I didn't know that. Yeah, he never wrestled. But uh, Hogan wanted to bring in Randy and Randy wanted to take care of Lanny. And so they gave Lanny a contract and he just sat at home. Um, Eddie Guerrero, you know, a lot of people say that he was the best out of the Guerreros. I would agree. Randy Orton uh, surpassed his father, Cowboy Bob. Once again, it kind of depends on where you're looking at that. Cause Cowboy Bob also was in many different promotions. He had a great gimmick. He was a great heel, but Randy being on the platform of WWE, it probably is more well-known. Has Bob's um, arm healed yet? I, I'm hoping it is. I really do. That's a nagging injury. Man, those are like 20 years. It, well, well, more than that. We're talking maybe 45 years. Yeah. And 
And and for that cast to look as good as it does today, I tell you what, kudos to his doctors. Slow healer. I think he had the diabetes. He might have had it. Should have called Wilford Brimley. Um, so when you talk about uh, Terry Funk, you know, they uh, the, the Funk family, uh, he definitely rose above what his uh, family. You know, it's interesting. We talk about uh, Terry Funk. He just recently uh, celebrated a birthday. And I do believe he's in a assisted living facility right now. Looks very different than what he my last picture of him, which was maybe not even like a year or two ago. But with Terry Funk, um, you know, you talk about families in wrestling, the Funks. I watched Dory Funk have a match in Japan and Japanese wrestling is really different with the legends. The matches are slow. And when I say slow, I mean slow um you can google it or youtube it and you can see dory funk's last match or last matches and it's it's hard to watch um kurt henning as we said before surpassed his father as well and we talked about owen and brett and then um i don't think dustin rhodes or cody surpassed dusty in my opinion would you agree 100 percent. so it's uh, it's tough, but Brian Pillman is uh, no longer with AEW. I wonder what that means for Griff Garrison. Uh, I was always really high on Griff. I thought he had a good look, but never really heard him on the mic. And I'm wondering if AEW is saying, okay, we have a lot of people. We're going to start thinning the herd. We're going to start with some of the younger guys. And just do they have the chops or don't they? If, if they're a project that we can work with, awesome. If, unfortunately, we just can't do anything with them, we're just going to quietly let them go. That's a smart move because I'd be boggled to know how big that roster is. You think we got 100 people on the roster? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's a big roster. It is. Um... We talk about this a lot. This is something else I wanted to kind of talk about. I want to talk about John Moxley for a second because John Moxley is one of the guys in AEW who really can do what he wants. Uh, if John Moxley wants to, to wrestle in Japan, he's going to be able to do it. If he wants to wrestle for Revolver, he's going to do it. GCW, he's going to do it. I want to ask you this question. Do you, in your opinion, think John Moxley bleeds too much yes okay well there's a lot of people who have opinions on john moxley and john moxley's bleeding now john moxley actually heard some of these comments and has retorted and i'm gonna pull this up here so give me a second um but when john moxley when he wrestles, I think he's good, but people like Jim Cornette will say that Dean Ambrose was a better version of a wrestler than John Moxley is. What is your take? Would you prefer the Dean Ambrose character, the lunatic fringe, or John Moxley? That's a tough one. I hadn't put any thought into it before. And, and the reason why I bring this up is because I actually like the lunatic fringe. I, I really he was he was very rowdy piper like with the lunatic yeah. fringe. 
Yeah, I would Barry. be. My first reaction was to agree with you. Uh, yeah, I looked at his his matches now. They're they're vicious. Like his matches are stiff. But uh, it's almost like he's going back to CZW. Because that's where he started. Don't forget that. Correct. With the death match, which they to each their own. That's your cup of tea. Have at it. But I'm things just getting a little too close to that. To me, I've, I've said this on the show. I've said it to you outside of the show. The bleeding needs to be special. Mm-hmm. Or else it's... Meh. He's bleeding again. Yep. And when you get to that point, what's the point in it? Because you're not, people are not going to be, oh my God, he's busted open. At this point, I think if we've seen a match and he didn't get busted open, we'd be like, oh, wow, he didn't bleed. And and it's not like like Sandman when he was in ECW. He'd come to the ring bleeding because he was smashing beer cans off his head. That's that complete. Was yes. 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 That's self-inflicted. That's part of his entrance. Exactly. Yes. But Mox, you can bet on within three, four minutes of the match, he's bleeding. Yeah. And, and, and kudos to him if he thinks that's part of his, his shtick now and he's okay with doing it. Hey, man, good for you. But for me... As a fan, it doesn't have the same appeal. You don't get excited from it. When you see somebody bleeding that doesn't bleed much, or even somebody like that maybe you know is going to bleed on a pay-per-view, just for example, you're still like, oh, yeah, Mox is going to bleed, or Jericho is going to bleed, but you still get a little more drawn into it. It's not every week. Or twice a week. It still has that... Uh, sounds kind of crazy to say appeal, but you know what I mean? That same excitement. Yes. Right? Would so you, I personally think he... I would like for him to lay off on it, personally. Would you say that he is in the category of Ric Flair yet or quickly approaching? Oh, he's not Ric Flair yet. My God. Ric Flair used to sneeze and he'd bleed from his forehead. That's Yes, not yes. No, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see it get quite like that. Because you got to think where Flair was, you know, wrestling, well, even towards the end, but definitely back in the NWA days. Oh, my Lord, those would be bloodbaths. Like, no, not the crimson mask. His hair would be crimson. Like, so I don't know if you're ever going to see it get to that extent. Again, the world has changed. Society has changed. People's views on how the world has changed. I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, no, he's not there I, yet. He's getting there, but he's not there yet. I just don't understand the the reason for it needing to be a part of his repertoire. Um, so Kate Chide Seats recently did an interview with John Moxley, and I'm going to read you a little bit about it. So AEW star John Moxley bleeds a lot while he wrestles. He's so synonymous with blood that sometimes people have made humor and jokes out of how long it takes to clean up the blood stains in between the matches when you're at an event. Moxley's blood has soaked tendencies on full display. Most recently in Tokyo's Corgan Hall, where he had a head skewer 
uh, or skewers, you know, that you use for shish kebabs in his head. During an interview with Sports Illustrated, Moxley gave his dissertation on why he feels that blood needs to be in matches. And this is one part of what he said. I only know one speed. That's with my foot on the gas pedal. If we're going to do something, let's effing do it. That can be detrimental when it comes to certain things like drugs or alcohol. But as far as my mindset is, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Now, when it comes to blood, things like that sometimes just happen. Again, it's the foot on the gas pedal mentality. Some people say, it was just a random match. Why did you bleed? I heard that last time when I fought um, Ishii. He's one of the greatest of all time. Now, I'm not going to let that moment slip by. So I'm going to F and put the pedal to the metal. Why shouldn't I? And when I hear that I can't have a good match without blood, okay then, you made an argument for me. But I'll still do it every single time. Um... He then went on to say, and like I said, there's a lot of this. He would say, but, 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 where'd he make this comment? Um, okay. The point of all of it is this is a combat sport. We're allowed to bleed in a match unless there's something else that we're not told to do. But we're allowed to have blood. We're allowed to have grudge matches. We're allowed to do a lot of different things. So, I mean, he does make a point right there, but... He then went on to say, I'm actually for less blood, but do it more often. So anyway, he would finally end the interview with, why are these people so mad uh, for bleeding? It's the mindset. It's the best argument. Is it fake or is it not? It's a wrestling match. Now, he is also scheduled to be a part of the Blood and Guts, which is the remake of War Games, which was originally in WCW, now in WWE, coming up on July the 19th episode of Dynamite, where, obviously, with Blood and Guts, you're going to get a bloody John Moxley. Um, we've talked about this topic again before. Let's, let's, let's try this. Let's, lo let's look at it from this perspective. Who else in pro wrestling is bleeding a lot. Nobody. Not I don't, more. I don't think I know another wrestler who I think I can remember bleeding. But not consistently. Like, like Brock, for some reason, likes to hard way himself. He does like Which, to do that. It's I, I a agree. different creature all on its own. But yeah. he's not bleeding every week. Now, when he does bleed... Oh my lord, he bleeds. Yeah. That dude bleeds like a stuck pig. Amen. But it's not every week. There's nobody on the mainstream wrestling that's doing it every week. I'm sure um who's the guy from GCW? Oh, uh, the pizza cutter man. Um Nick Gage. Nick Gage. One of your uh, favorites. I, oh yeah. I'm Being sure happy. he does, you know. On the GCW, I've never seen a GCW event, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely talking out my ass right now. But my assumption is he does. He's a death match wrestler. Correct. Um, all the guys in um, what's Ian Rotten's IWA Mid South? Yeah. Well, they're a, a death match. Or oh my it? gosh, he and if they're, if they're even still around, I'm not sure. Yeah, but him, yeah, when they were together, the new breed they were called, I think. Oh my that, god, that they, was just they would vicious and the Taipei death match. Yes, with the glass on the knuckles yeah, and but that was many, many, many oh, 25 years ago. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. That's a long time ago. 
I mean, poor Axel's been gone for quite a spell now. Mm-hmm. So, so, but if I'm going like a death match of CZW, IW, whatever, Mid-South, yeah, those guys are still bleeding. But when you're talking your mainstream, WWE, Impact, AEW, MLW, places like that, I, I don't know, New Japan, it's just not the way it is anymore. It's not the 70s and 80s, and even early 90s, really. There was still a fair bit of bleeding going on then. Then, you know, the world changed. You know, people became a little more concerned about, you know, contacting diseases and whatnot, which they 100% should. Don't yes. get me wrong. You don't want to be getting something nasty, right, that poor uh, Devin Hannibal got. And stuff like that, just the world change. You don't need to bleed. Now, when when Mox had his match over um, the one he just had, when he, he fought the crazy monkey, I believe the guy's nickname is, yeah. Don't look at me like that, Michael. The match he just oh, had o- over in New Japan, that guy they called the crazy monkey. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, okay, I... All right. Hold on. We're working on it here. No, 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 no. You keep talking to the anyway, audience. I'm going to look up the, match the crazy had, monkey. Yes. I'm sure it's what they call him. Anyway, the match he just had where he took the, the, the skewers Skewers, to the head. yes. Okay, for something like that, like that's a big pay-per-view. You know, the guy who was wrestling, that guy's a deathmatch wrestler. So right. that one, it makes sense for him to bleed. That I get, but for tomorrow night's uh, Dynamite, doesn't need to bleed. If he's on Rampage Friday night or Collision Saturday night, he does not need to bleed. There's just, there's no need of it. What's the That's point of That's got to be for special events. That's, okay. that's what I think, anyhow. I, I just never understood the point of the skewers. What the hell is that? I don't know. There's it's another a, guy a, that used to use him. Masa, Masada, a, I think his name is. Okay. And you basically just take a mitt full of skewers and you slam the end of them and it sticks in her forehead. It's, yes. it's, it's a bit out there. It's very out there. Um. All right. I'm pulling this up here. Okay, so, and I'm not even going to remotely come close to pronouncing this correctly. So, um, yes, the wrestler that John Moxley competed against has many different ring names. Um, one is Sun Goto. Um, let's see. Junko. Uh, Ape the Man and Crazy Monkey. You are right. Ooh, I like the sound of that. You are right. I don't hear that much. You are correct. Yeah, so, but once again, he's a death match wrestler. That's right. what he does. So that makes perfect sense for Moxa bleeding that. For him to bleed tomorrow night on Dynamite just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Unless you're unless you're gonna literally get hit with like a baseball bat or something like that. It it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but just from, you know, 
getting punched in the head. I mean, they're not really laying into each other. Right. For him to, to bleed, make me excited for it. Don't, if it's all the time, because you just don't care anymore. Right. But Dustin Rhodes talked about it. You know, make fans want it. If you do it all the time, fans don't want it anymore. There's no appeal to it. There's nothing special to it. Well, I mean, also Dustin Rhodes bleeds a fair amount of time as well. He does, but generally when he does, it's something that was not just, you know, your your random match. It was like when right. him and Cody had their match. Oh, my Lord, the blood and that was something vicious. Right? And he's done it. Well, that's how he got fired from WCW. He bladed in the bunkhouse match on, I forget what the pay-per-view was. And he was told not to. He did it anyway. Oh, 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 oh! That was against the guy who played Repo Man, uh, Terry Darso. He at the time he played the character of the Blacktop Bully. That was the match they had in the back of the eighteen wheeler. Yes, that's right. Yeah, they were told not to do it, and they went ahead and and did it. And then they arrived at center stage and were told that they were fired. Um, interesting. 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 Um want to talk to you well first of all let me throw this out here what what are some thoughts that are on your mind this week throw me uh, something the one i seen i was flipping through online was talk about who is the greatest women's manager slash valet and i thought that was pretty uh that is a good, good one pretty interesting uh wow, the greatest. first name popped into my head was miss elizabeth but then I got thinking about it some more. And maybe not. And then I started leaning towards uh, Sherry. Sherry Martell. Right, that, that's when, when you really think about it, and, and, or sorry, let me rephrase that. When I really thought about it and you know, made my simple brain work, that's, that's who made sense to me. But there's been some good ones. Don't forget, Trish was a valet one time as well. Yes. Uh, Queen Charmel. Um, of course, now I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh, Sunny, Sable, right? Uh, Ivory, for that matter, with right to censor. Um, there's been a lot. I mean, Sunny was the first um, big. That was not physically big, but first superstar valet. I would think, right? But I, all around, I would think Sherry was, because she was a star, she could wrestle. Yes. She was fantastic on the mic. She was a pretty woman. And she was every, literally everything you wanted as a valet. Right? Um, okay. So I think she worked with Larry Zabisco in the AWA. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. She acted as a manager for Team Playboy with Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers, again in the AWA. Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat. Shawn Michaels. Uh, I'm trying to think who else did she manage. Uh, Randy Savage, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I didn't know that. Very much, yeah. 
Um, gosh, I know there's other ones. Let me think here. She was also with Jerry the King Lawler of the USWA. In uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, she was with Tracy Smothers. In ECW, she was with Shane Douglas. She also managed in WCW Ric Flair. It's um, a lot of talent, Chief, man. It is a lot of talent. Um, who else did she work with? I know there's other ones. There's definitely other ones. Because I know there's some ones that I'm not even thinking of. I don't want to... I know a lot of people say Bam Bam Bigelow uh, was uh, with Luna, but I want to say she also might have been with Bam Bam as well. Um, Luna's another one who I forgot when I was rumbling some off. Let's see here. She appeared at the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view managing Greg Valentine. Who else? She also offered her managerial assistance to Bobby Roode in Impact Wrestling. So she's done a lot. I know I'm I'm leaving people out without a doubt, but if I had to say who is the most prolific, um, it would have been her. It would have been her. You know what's really sad about this is that she died in 2007. She was only 49. 2007? Yeah. June 15th, we just came up to the anniversary. Why didn't it was that long ago? Lord yeah. Almighty. How insane is that? All those things she did, and she was only in her 40s. That's crazy. And she had been out of wrestling for a little bit when she passed she, away, I think. She did. Absolutely. So. She ended up passing away due to a, a drug overdose. So, once again, wrestling takes its toll on your body. There's a lot of emotional things that happen with wrestling as well. You know, I think here's my thought. I don't think anyone says I'm going to be a drug addict. No one ever says that, especially in wrestling. I really do honestly believe the pain, the wear and tear, taking uppers to get ready for a show, taking downers to be able to go to bed at night. I think it's, it's just ingrained in the industry. At least I should say it was at one point in time. And do I think it's good for them to take that? No, but I can also in some way sympathize because they were grinding back in the day. I mean, grinding. Like, think about it for an example. The average weekend warrior, right? You're doing something outside. You're in your yard or whatever, and you you twist an ankle or something. And then you, you go to work the next day, but you're like hobbling and limping. These guys and girls had to go wrestle the next day. Mm-hmm. You pull a hamstring, you do something, pull a muscle, they got to go wrestle because they didn't have guaranteed contracts. So with that mindset, if you took time off, then you're out of the storylines and they're going to replace somebody with you. So you just had to keep going and that's just the way it was. But Sheree Martell, glad you brought that, uh, brought that topic up. It's a really good one. Um, I also want to bring up a name of somebody, and once again, in this episode, is we're just kind of going over random things that are kind of going through our mind. Somebody who I we talked about different women wrestlers. Where, where are they? Right? Where's legit Layla Hirsch? Where is uh, the professor Serena Deeb? And Layla Hirsch is in Ring of Honor now. 
she has returned. She is in Ring of Honor. Interesting. She'll do well there. She's I think she'll amazing. do. She's very, very good. I think she'll do incredibly well. I'm very happy for her. Um, I don't know why she isn't really in the mix when it comes to AEW, but once again, I guess they decided that she might be best suited to help Ring of Honor, and uh, we'll go with it from there. Ring of Honor's—they're putting together high-feasting division over there. They're doing okay. Oh. I think they are doing really well. I just wish that it was on a a platform that you could watch it instead of, you know, it, it is much like a Netflix or whatever. You have to subscribe to, I guess it's the Honor Club to be able to get it. And it's only 10 bucks and it's not that bad, but I don't know. I just don't know if it's to the point where I'm going to be shilling out that money to watch it. Plus, if even if you subscribe, you don't get the pay-per-views. That's something completely different. That's ridiculous. See, and that's my problem with it. I mean, with any streaming service, if it's wrestling, it should be you get the weekly show, you get the catalog of pay-per-views, the the old ones, and then you get whatever new pay-per-views coming out. But I guess that's just the way it is. But with WWE Network up here, I don't get Raw Live or SmackDown Live on its four weeks later. It comes on. I get all the pay-per-views, right? But I can't just put on Raw last night. So I wouldn't have got it. I would have got the episode from four weeks ago. Wow. That's a little ridiculous, personally. I think that's nonsense. But look, you say this 10 bucks for Honor Club. That's not bad, but it's $10 for Honor Club. It's yeah. 20 for WWE Network. It's, you know... 10 or 15 for Netflix. It's 10 or 15 for Amazon Prime. Yep. Uh, you guys have Hulu. I don't know how much that costs, but you know, that's, I would assume, 10 or 15 or $20. You know, Correct. When you get, you know, yeah, $10 is not bad, but when you add that to the other six or eight subscriptions you got, it doesn't take long for you at 150 bucks. So, yeah, quickly. I also have yeah. Sling. Um, we use Sling, and it's, I think ours is 30 a month, and that's just different TV channels and whatnot, but you got that. Then you got the internet you have to pay for, so it's it adds up pretty pretty quickly. Um, wanted to ask you this. I don't know if you had heard about this, but evidently Warner Brothers Discovery, you know what we're always talking about, you know, what was the ratings for SmackDown Raw or Dynamite or Rampage or Collision? insiders are stating that they are not concerned with ratings. They are concerned with where they fall ranking on that night on cable television. And if they're in the top five, they find that awesome. They're happy with that. So for example, uh, collision did really, really well. They were like number one uh, for the time slot on Saturday night in television. Warner brothers discovery was happy with that. You know, AEW Dynamite, no matter what you want to say about the rating, 700 to 900,000, they're always in the top three on cable that night for TV. Um, so I guess we really what the question I'm posing here is maybe different companies look at different metrics to determine success. 
And yes, you want to look at the demographics for the 18 to 49 or whatever it may be, because that's where you get your ad revenue, right? But maybe they're happy with finishing in the top three or top five on that night of television in cable. And that's what we're hearing from, from the company. What is your take on that? Do you feel like it, they're kind of subverting away from getting low ratings to, oh, well, we finished here? Or do you think, no, maybe that's legitimately how they feel? Um, maybe that's legitimately how they feel. Uh, to me, it does make sense. I agree. But I'm not a network bigwig either. I'm, I'm a jackass. So that's nothing to do with that. My big concern with AEW is there's no growth. Ever. They have not grown in the last four years or five years or whatever it's been now. Legit zero growth. Yeah. That's a concern. Okay, that's all well and good. You're finishing the top three to top five. Excellent. But you're not growing. Right. So how do you expect to get to the next level if you stay stagnant? You're not drawing in new fans. Because you take our, demo, our our age bracket, Mike, and you're a prime example of it, you've got a new addition to your family. Yep. So therefore, you have less time now. Correct. Right? So, like, I mean, and I know you're an AEW guy, but it's not like tomorrow at 8 o'clock, you're going to plunk your hind end in your dead aunt's chair and watch it right on the money. No chance. I'm not. I don't have kids. But I'm not because we have life to live. Yes. But if you're not growing to where you're getting your younger generation that maybe for the most part have a little more free time because they don't you know, they don't have the commitments they have as you get a little bit older. And, well, I'm old, so I have a hard time staying up till 10 o'clock at night. I fall asleep in my chair fairly often. It's just you, you need to grow because at a certain point, you and I are not going to be doing the show on Tuesdays. We're not going to be watching no. Dynamite or Rampage or, or Raw or because you know, where we've lost interest. Life has gotten too busy. You know, we've got new projects. Just living. Just plain old life. And so once we fizzle out, not that that's the end of the world, two of us, but there's a lot of people are our age bracket that grew up on the Attitude Era that got us invested in it. And if you don't have the new ones coming in behind us, you know, and that's where you, you need the growth. You can't stay status quo. That's my concern with AEW is they have no growth at all. Well, in 2023, AEW signed a deal with DAZN to air different events through their streaming services, such as their pay-per-views and weekly shows, specifically in Europe. Now, they have also have a deal with ESPN in Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific Islands. And they have also uh, are getting pay-per-views available via YouTube in other smaller countries. It looks like they also are trying to uh, establish themselves in the market of India. Uh, but once again... Starting a relationship, it takes a while for that to catch on, if it catches on at all. Um, 
And they got CM Punk and John Moxley and Brian Danielson and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And they got all these people. And you would think to yourself, my God, they got huge stars. Why are they not just crushing it each and every week on TV? And the only thing I can think of, and this is my honest opinion, is sometimes, because if you have the stars, right, they're healthy. Wrestling is a scripted television show. If the script of the television show is not really good when it comes to this, people aren't going to watch. What really makes a star isn't just how they perform, but it's how they're positioned and who is is putting things in what places and at what time. And I feel like Tony Khan, and we said this before, he loves wrestling. He's an intelligent man, but I really feel like he could benefit from listening to others. And from what we've heard, he is more open-minded now to delegate some of this stuff, but I just feel like you should have hired other people to book your shows and you should have been kind of the silent partner in the back, you know, but once again, it's, um, that's just my opinion. But if you're not growing and you got the horses, what gives? Even if Khan wanted to sit in on the meetings and give his two cents here and his two cents there and Hey, what about, and what about this, whatever, that would have been cool if he wanted to learn. So he could be a booker. That's right. Point. Right. That I got no issues with because every booker had to learn from somebody. Yep. But you can't be a full-on fan who never been in the wrestling world outside of being a fan. I mean, and he was a super fan, still is, and just come in and do it because he just doesn't have. I don't want to say he doesn't have the mindset because he's an incredibly brilliant man. He's a smart dude. But he's he's missing something. He's making it the feeling I guess he just he wants to put off matches he wants to see. And a lot of people have said that. And sometimes like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Or and just like story progression, sometimes it's just it's it's hot this Wednesday. And next Wednesday, both wrestlers are gone their separate ways, and it makes no sense. Or you end up being poor old Wardlow. You know, and that poor bastard, he needs to ask for his release. Right? Him and Powerhouse, um, they both need to leave. Yeah, I just, I'm going to get to the Owen Hart tournament in a second here, but. I also want to shed some light on this as well. Ryan Clark from E-Wrestling News is writing in that AEW is expected to get huge money with Time Warner uh, Discovery when it comes to their extension deal. Now, AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery have been in talks regarding an extension to their current TV deal literally for months. And, and we expected this to come um, a while ago when they had the big meeting at Madison Square Garden. Now, Fightful Select is reporting that sources close to the situation believe, their personal belief, that the announcement could be coming as early as this summer or maybe early into the fall. Now, Warner Brothers Discovery is accordingly very happy, that's in quotes, with AEW, particularly noting how Tony Khan's company has shown flexibility in terms of adding and removing shows, providing different kinds of content, and working with preemptions and being bumped for other sports. 
Now, Warner Brothers Discovery is said to have input and influence in AEW's current programming, which has been evident in crossover promotions and other people going to different companies. AEW has been very adaptable and overruns a lot sometimes of WBD's requests. One of the key provisions of AEW is that it would be exclusive only to Warner Brothers Discovery, which has terminated their contracts with YouTube. Now, Warner Brothers Discovery also re reportedly hasn't had much interest in Ring of Honor since the day that they uh, Tony Khan bought it from Sinclair Broadcasting, and that thought process hasn't really changed. In addition to the broadcast in 2023, has been actively discussed as part of the new television rights. Sources from WBD stated that the deal would be huge money for AEW, the way things are looking as of right now. So I guess, once again, they do this thing. They're in the TV rights business. They're Warner Brothers Discovery, okay? They're not some schmoes here. Um, if AEW gets a healthy amount of money, I mean, they could uh, potentially be a profitable company. I think right now they're still in the red. Um, and that's not uncommon for a lot of companies, especially starting out your first five years. It just depends on how much you're going to lose, not if you're going to lose money. But um, I've expressed this to you behind the scenes as far as what do I think AEW's future is. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned sometimes. Um, I don't want this to turn into a situation where we all get excited for a new company and then all of a sudden things just don't really pan out. And, you know, the company is no moss or... Warner Brothers Discovery, you know, dumps them at some point in time, let's say. Where else are they going to go? You know, like what could happen? But once again, there's a big what if type of deal going on with that. But I think a lot of wrestling fans are concerned about what's going to happen with AEW. I mean, would you say you're in that same demographic? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this off air. Uh, at the rate they're going, you're not going to like what I'm about to say, Mike. I think in four or five years, they will be a passing thought. They might still be around, but they're going to be... We won't be talking about them. Uh, they'll, they'll be irrelevant. At you the think rate would be like, going. like an yeah. NWA? Yeah. That's what I say. I think they'll still be around. Yeah, it'll still, you know, run show here, show there, whatever. But it's not going to be Wednesday night for me on TSN2 or TNT for you. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't like to admit it, and I hope I'm really wrong. But that's kind of, that's my feeling. Well, I mean, I really can't knock you for that because there's a lot of people who also believe that there's a there's a high level of concern of what could be happening. Um, so, very interesting. If they, so, they're going to resign with um, Turner Broadcasting Discovery. Right. For a bunch of cash. Correct. Where do you see it going from there? Do you see them taking this cash? God help us to get more wrestlers? I would hope not. Because, okay, let's, let's be honest. Is there anybody out there right now who would add to the show? I think you need to focus on what you've got. Um, 
would they put it into production? Would they? I don't know what they would necessarily. I don't know where they would necessarily put the money. I, I would put it into production. I would invest it back into the company. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I even tweeted about this. They're running the same markets all the friggin' time. That's if I hear about AEW in, in Chicago one more time, I'm going to throw up because they have no one to blame about low crowds when they go back to the same town four, five times a year. It's ridiculous. And it's the same stuff. It's 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 the same places. And I don't they're, know. I don't. They're coming into Canada a little bit now. I know to you, you don't care. Well, no, Canada is a hot like wrestling that. market. Yes. So they need to strike in Montreal. That would be huge. Wrestling is massive in Montreal. They love wrestling. If they went there, people will lose their mind. And Bell, Bell Center is a nice big stadium. It's where the Montreal Canadiens play. They'd sell that place out, I bet you. I'm dead serious. I think it would be that huge in Montreal. Because Montreal is not far from Ottawa, which is another major city. Right? Uh, for me here in Kingston, it's two and a half hours. Three hours, I guess, to Montreal. Ottawa to Montreal, I believe, is about two hours. You know, you're going to draw all that. And Montreal is a big city in itself. It's not far from the U.S. border. Right? So you're going to get you know, you get people coming across from, like, Vermont area and whatnot. And they do now for indie shows to have in, in Montreal. Right? That would be that would be a good go for them there. But not a, the language... English and French, I don't know how that would go necessarily, but a lot of Montreal is bilingual. So, but I think that could be that could be a missed opportunity there. I mean, hell, they're playing. <laughs> they had a event in Regina. Tough go. Tough is that, go. Is that a big market? No, Regina's not a big city. Okay. No, it's not. Like Winnipeg, I get it. Omega's from there, Jericho's from there, Don Callis is from there, and wrestling's pretty big in, in Winnipeg for some reason. Winnipeg's not a big city either, but wrestling's really big there. Edmonton, I get it. Calgary, I get it. Regina? Mm, not so much. I don't know if it's just a, trying to expand everything, or maybe Regina's a big wrestling market and I just don't know it. But it's really all they have is they have the Regina Pats. That's a junior hockey team. Uh, I guess the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play there. That's a CFL football team. I don't know what else they really got there. University of Saskatchewan is probably is there, I believe, the Huskies. That's about it. I mean, it's in the middle of the prairies, it's a it's a farming town, farming, you know, uh, area. Nothing like I'm not saying it's not a shithole or nothing like that, but it's just not a big metropolis like you would think they would go to. Right. There are other places I think they probably could have drawn better. Do Do you think that? Here's my thoughts. I would go and do dynamite, and 
Rampage and Collision at small venues, no more than 5,000 max. And then really build up your pay-per-views and hold those at bigger arenas because it's a much bigger spectacle. That's my thought. I would not rent out buildings that are fifteen or 20,000. I would not. Okay, so so my my counterpoint to that now is okay. So they're running dynamite and wherever five thousand people, which is don't get me wrong, it's great. You get a more um, um, intimate feeling. We'll say it is excellent. I agree that works. However, you don't have a gate now. You only have five thousand people. So how much are you going to charge for a ticket to get in? We've had this conversation. Tickets up when they're up here are pretty pricey. So you're already pricing yourself up because a lot of people can't afford to go or are not willing to commit that kind of money to go. All right. So would you be further ahead to to have an event somewhere and draw 10,000 people for reasonable price to where you'll get 10,000 people in the seats or somewhere to where, okay, it holds 5,000. Let the, um, trying to think of the stadium in, in Hamilton that you just had their event at. Not it a was, big stadium. It was 5,000? I would imagine it's not a very big spot. Okay, so what, what? let's let's find out. Let's find out how many, what's it called? What's the stadium? I don't think it's called Cops Coliseum anymore. Give me a minute. I'm looking it up. Uh, let's see. Because the, the reason why I want to kind of play a little uh, math game here, you and I. This is going to go bad. No, it's going to be good. Did they hold? Yeah, they held a collision there, correct? I believe it was collision, yes. Is it the first to... Ontario Center? Do you want something? I think that's what it is called for Ontario Center. Originally called Cops Coliseum. Yeah, Cops. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so this place, uh, let's see here. How many people does it hold grand total? So for hockey, it holds 17,383. For concerts, it holds 19,000. Okay. I didn't realize it was that big. I'm way off. Yeah, it's pretty big. All right. So let's just go ahead and let's just say that. Wow, they spent $96 million, uh to renovate it in 2021. That's Canadian. So if it was American dollars, it would be about $50. Bucks. Um, You're a dick. So let's let's talk about this. So let's. what would you say for a 5,000-seat venue? How much would you assume it would be to rent it? Well, I have no idea. Uh, I couldn't even fathom a guess. It's not going to be cheap. When I say 100000 Well, for sure. Do you think it would be more than that? Depending. Hamilton, that's the Toronto area, so I could see it being more, honestly. Well, okay. Way. Wembley was only, what, 300000 Yeah, that's a different... Oh, there's something to that. That's cheap. That's disgustingly cheap. Okay, let's just say $100,000. You got a piece of paper nearby? Just, yep, I got one. All right, let's say it costs $100,000 to rent the... Uh, arena okay so 
a hundred thousand dollars to rent it. Hundred thousand divided by divided by five thousand for seats. That means you're getting ready to do taxes. Holy crap! Well, now I lost my phone. Oh my god! Well, Mike, you can't ask me to do. All I asked you was you had a piece of paper. Yeah, but then I had to move stuff to get to the printer. Oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. You ready? I'm working on it. You have a pen? Yes, I'm in an office. Of course I have a pen. Well, I mean, first of all, I asked you if you had paper and you had... You muted yourself. It's the best you ever sounded on this show. Testing one in my back? Unfortunately. Thank you. Okay, here we go. So 100000 Let's say it's $100,000 to rent a venue that has 5,000 seats. Yep. Okay. So just to break even, you would have to have each seat cost $20. Yep. Now, clearly that's not going to be the case because you're going to have front row and whatnot. So let's you and I sit down paper and pen and let's talk about this. So front row seats, ringside seats. What do you think realistically the average Joe Schmo can afford for ring. What do you think ringside seats should be? Like for dynamite? Type yeah, of for, for, for dynamite. For dynamite. Uh, 150 a seat, I think, is reasonable. Jesus. 150 a seat? I'd pay that. Okay. All for right, ringside, so for the first row? Yes. $150. Why not? Okay. All right. So let's do this. So. Let's see. How many seats do we think would be on each side of the ring for front row? 25, 30. Okay. So 30 times 4 is 120. Yep. Okay. Times that by 150 bucks a ticket. 18 grand. Okay. So there's 18,000 right there. Yep. All right. So if you're going to sell front row tickets for 150 a piece, what do you think the rest of the floor seats, like rows two through whatever, just call them floor seats. I mean, do you significantly drop it? So from front row being 150, what, what would you say second row would be? Yeah, it's going to drop a fair bit. Um, would you say it drops to 100 bucks? No more. Okay, so let's say 100 bucks. Now we're going to multiply that by how many again? 120 seats? 120 in a row. Perfect. Do that math right there. It's 12K. That's 12,000. Let's say the third row, 75. Yeah, for the rest of them going back, you're going to be 75. For your floor. Floor, okay. 75. Okay, so in a 5,000-seat arena, I wonder how many people are actually on the floor. Well, minus what we've already counted here. So we've already taken into account how many so far? 240. 240 people. Okay. So would you say another 200 people would be on the floor? We're going to have more than four rows on the floor, Mike. Okay. Okay. We're going to have, probably gonna have at least 10 rows on the floor. Okay. 10 rows. And so that would be eight times so 120. 
120 per row, eight rows, so that'd be 960 seats. Okay. At uh, what, 75 a pop? 75 a pop. Do 75 a pop. 72. Okay. So now we're talking lower bowl. Lower bowl, would we say that drops to 50 bucks? Yeah, because I mean, at a place like a 5,000 seater, uh, so the Kingston Stadium here is probably about 5,000. Okay. So it's not like you have a, you don't have a lower bowl and upper bowl, it's just one bowl. Oh, it's just eight. Okay. All right. Whereas you have, you would have floor and then you have bowl. Okay. Um, so how many, okay. So how many seats have we already used up so far of the 5,000? About 1,200. So that means we have 3,800 tickets left. So 3,800 at 50. Would you say everybody, would you say everybody in that bowl is all the views are pretty decent? No. Because you, you got to think, well, for wrestling, you generally put it right in the middle of the floor. Correct. So you're going to have some crappy tickets, like with a pole next to them or stuff. But... <laughs> Slightly obstructed. True. No, it's it's happened. Why do they sell those things slightly obstructed? That is just. I don't know. People just want to be in the building. Um. Okay. So thirty-eight hundred seats left. So. So it's one hundred and ninety k. Wait a minute. So everyone pays fifty bucks. On the bowl, yeah. Okay. It's not like you're gonna be five thousand feet away, Mike. Well, this is true. Baseball stadium. This is true. This is true. Okay, so 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 that'd be one hundred and ninety thousand. All right. So do do the math here. So what are we coming up with? One ninety. I think we've just saved AEW. See, Jerry can get us a job. I tell you what, I will. I will put up a ring. I don't care. I'll be the water boy. What else could I be? I'm not, I can't do lights because I'm not like certified electrician. I could tape stuff down. I'm pretty good at that. I could be the tape guy if that's a nice handyman ability. I can run duct tape. I mean, look, look, I'm not, I'm not you. Like, there's a lot of people who can do things. I can't. I struggled with putting in replacing light bulbs today. I had a difficult time with that. Yeah, exactly. So, 292 grand. 292 grand yeah. off of a hundred thousand dollar rental. If, I think that's pretty reasonable, yeah. But you gotta think, Mike, that's just your rental of the building. You got insurance, true. I don't know what insurance for wrestling is. I'm gonna say not cheap, no security. Okay. So you got security. Uh, at some places, they have to pay the concession people, so that's not gonna be something that we're gonna get. We can't add that into our... I have no idea about any of that stuff. You still got to put the talent up. So, you know, AEW pays for traveling hotels. Right? So you got to put them up. Catering. You know, so now 292 isn't a lot of money anymore. Really? Don't get me wrong. I mean, $292,000 is a boatload of cash, but it's not... Right. It's not as much as it sounds. No, and when especially when you take all that into consideration. Um, so, do we feel like 
it is reasonable what they charge, or do you think think no? Yeah, it's it's reasonable because they got to pay the bills, but it's not reasonable because people can't afford to go, or people are not willing to pay that to go. If you look at so Wednesday night AEW event. Oh, by the way, I want to send you this link really quick here into our private chat. I think this will help the conversation move along. Let's see here. Where the hell is this feature at? Okay. Is it hard to end it? Terrible. Click on the damn link. Okay. This is from SeatGeek, and I don't know if this is like... Did you get it? There you go. Off the title. Go switch to Canada. Oh, you had to. You had to like rechange it. Well, yeah, because I'm in Canada. Oh, that's right. You're in a foreign country. Um, Hold on, I can switch oh. back to the states. Give me a minute. Let's see. Well, no, it's in Canada, so I mean. Yeah, so but you're AEW only talking presents. about American money. I'm going to talk about Canadian money. That's true. We're going to be talking about hundred thousand, and I'll be like, mm, "It's dollar ninety nine here." So you're a knucklehead. Okay. So what are we looking at? So once you click on AEW Dynamite Rampage, it says tickets start at six bucks. Six bucks. Do you see that? Yeah, I see it. Okay, so click on that from six bucks. Okay. All right. So on the right side of your screen, do you see where they have the layout of the venue? Yes. Okay, so run your cursor over to where it says the green dot on the floor seats from 119. Okay. Okay. All right. 119 each. It says uh, one through four floor, one nineteen each. One through six. I don't know. So, like, why is there a difference here? Well, I don't know. One thirty-two for floor. Holy crap, dude! Our our budgeting was uh, not. Let me see here. Oh, it's going to take me exactly where I'm going to sit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's what I'm so, doing here now. Okay, so I could get... Okay, so some of their floor seats. Uh, what is this arena called? Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Arena or something? Okay, so... Okay, where I'm sitting, which I don't even know necessarily where the ring is at. I'm, I'm assuming that's where it says Seat Geek. I'm paying $119 to be right there. So if the ring is the logo for SeatGeek, do you see where we're sitting here? Yes. We are We are not necessarily... Well, I mean, we're not far away, but we're not like... We're not... Smell your feet close. Let's go to 132. Gosh, that's not much more of an improvement. Wow. No. So let's just... I mean, is this all there is? Is 138 the best you can get right now? And you're still not that close. Wow. Wow. So 
Okay, so we got here. We're not even close to being ringside. Doesn't look like it, eh? So, okay, holy crap. So if I want to go the 50-yard line, which on it should be, uh, I run it through here, Section E, okay? Section E. It says these are amazing seats. Row 11. I guess, is this a bowl arena? No, it's a hockey arena. It's a hockey arena. Okay, here I am, row 11. 249 a piece. And I'm in Section E, row 11, which I'm at the 50-yard line. If I'm looking at the ring, so kind of the ideal place if you're going to be at a wrestling event. You know, there's no 50-yard line in a hockey arena, right? You get my point. Just saying. Don't get hot. Uh, let's see here. So it looks okay. like the most expensive. I mean, we got 321. Three. Four hundred bucks to see. 401. And that is section E again, row four, four hundred and one dollar, and that's not even floor. No, but that looks like a half decent seat, though. Like you're gonna, you're, you're gonna see the ring because there's gonna be nothing. You're only yes. four rows up, so that'd be a good seat. It is a good seat. So you're, I never want to be on the floor unless I'm in front row. I don't want to be on the floor. Floor, yeah. all these schmoes are going to be standing up acting like huge. Yeah, we're not going to do that. That's a grinds my gears. Everybody's standing up being a douche wagon. Um, yep. God darn it, man. Like, like literally, that's in the bowl. I, I can't even click on ringside seats. Yeah, so it's, it's expensive. We're way off, man. Okay, so now let's look at. What's your lowest price ticket? Okay, there's a house rules. Go back to the main page where we clicked on the July 12th event. Go to July 15th, house rules. And is it called Socia Bank? Scotia Bank. Saddle Dome. Scotia Bank Saddle Dome. It's Calgary. All right, so that it starts off. They got all different kinds. You, By the way, floor, I think, is gone, I want to say. Yeah, floor Nothing is no comes longer. Up for floor. Nothing for floor. So if I go here, I guess my best option is going to be, I, I would pick section 119. That's what I'm looking at. 119, 119 or 110. 119. You said or 110? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that's 68 bucks a ticket. Once again, it's a house show. So let me go to section 110. Let's see, sixty-eight bucks. Yeah, wow. but if you look at it, one ticket available, one ticket available. They're singles. Yeah, it's true. Oh, row five, just two tickets, but they're two o six. Jesus. Um, another one, row five, one to five tickets for two sixty-eight. Wow. Row four, one ticket, two seventy one. Two hundred seventy one bucks, American Mike. That's a lot of money. Where the what the hell would that be for me? I wonder. That honestly, that's gonna be. Oh, it's about it's about forty percent right now. So 
271 times 1.4. So that's $380 a seat. Kind of ridiculous when you think about it. That's a lot of money. And, well, that's exactly what I keep saying. I mean, you want people to go, you know, even if I lived in Calgary, so me and Linda want to go, we're going to be, what, 600 bucks? Yeah. For for decent seats. Yep. You know, throw in your souvenirs, your snack, a couple beer. You know, not going to be too long for your 800. And that's a house show. Yeah, it's a house show. It's a lot of money, man. All right. With that being said, now. People are probably going, why are they talking about this? But folks, because at the end of the day, this is an important thing that I think is important worth covering. Now, I just sent you another link. Let's go ahead and let's do a little compare and contrast, if you will. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at the July 14th SmackDown, okay? Nothing came up. There's nothing close to me. No, 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 no. Just go to the... Click on the link oh, for Jolly. Okay, I got it. All right, yeah. I got it. Oh, my God. Michael, be nice. Are you breathing in a lot of sawdust? Okay. Well, yeah. Okay, so let's let's look at this. All right, so. Jesus, this arena is huge. Let's go down and let's see what we got. So section five, there's nothing. Section floor seats. Gee, oh, my God. You see the little red dot? <laughs> six yep. listings, six listings for floor seats for the upcoming SmackDown, which will be on Friday, July 14th, 745 p.m. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Let's go ahead and click on that bastard. Uh, two tickets, and they are $1,255 a piece. Yeah. That that that's insane. That's insane. So let's let's stay on this and let's click on. Where should, where, what section should we click on? Um, we Are we still here? going with the closest available? Well, I'm just kind of looking at what's there. Just for the record, $1,255. That's $1,757 Canadian. Canadian. God. I mean, that's Banana Lions. I don't know what, what Banana you... Lions are, but I'd agree. Lands. Banana Land. Oh, okay. Okay, if you look at 4-1, they have three listings available. There's a single ticket for 398 row 9. Okay. There's a single ticket row 9 for 639. And then there's row 5, 2 to 4 tickets for $2,039. A piece. A piece. That's insane. How how can you do? How the hell can a family of four afford to go? Well, I mean, first of all, let's let's keep one thing in mind. We're also talking about the closest available seats. By the way, sections seven, three, and five are all gone. So you have to imagine if I click on that dot right there that says floor seats twelve hundred and fifty five dollars, right? You mm -hmm. guarantee that's probably going to be comparable in sections five but then section seven and three which are like right there you're paying way more money for that so let's just say we're the average joe schmo let's go and i personally think section 
104. You see that? It's a light green dot. Yes, I got it. So I click on there. Okay. 125 a piece, and there's two tickets. Or you can get $222 each, and one is row X. Oh, they're in the same row. Yeah, I don't. Row X7. That sounds far. That, that, that sounds really far back. That is far back. What the hell? Okay. So let's say if I if I want to be in the, the shittiest place in the entire arena, 34, 40, 38, 36 is my lowest so far. All right. So it looks like it's going to be 36, which is section 326, which I don't know why anyone would want to do that. Row E, you're paying 36 bucks. Are you going to go to that, Mike? No, I'm not going to go to that. I wouldn't. No, absolutely not. You're going to watch it on the Jumbotron. How about this? Save your 36 bucks a seat and watch it on your TV at home. It's the same deal. I get this, the atmosphere. But when you're that far back, the atmosphere is irrelevant, I think. Yep. I I agree with you. I agree with you. You think, but it's, it's not just wrestling. This is a lot of sports. Well, I'm glad you said, man. I tell you, you are perfect with segues. I'm trying. Um, let's go to. Uh, let me see here, really quickly. Uh, okay, I send you another link. Are you a Swifty? A what? Are you a Swifty? What's a Swifty? You're gonna find out when I send you the link, and it's not like a furry. It's a Swifty. Click on the link. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. She is one of the hottest commodities out there right now. So let's go ahead and let's scroll down and let's see. Here we go. July 14th. Taylor Swift with Muna and Gracie Abrams. I have no idea who the hell they are, but let's just go ahead and click here. Friday night. Let's say we're going to get two tickets together. Me and the butt are both going to go because we're going to be Swifties. Jesus, Jesus! This no makes, way. This makes Monday Night Raw the like my wedding didn't cost. Wow. So, okay. Section Q. All right. Fourteen hundred and ninety-seven dollars. Row twenty-six. But if they're Section on a- Q row twenty one for thirty three ninety seven. Wow, per ticket. Row twenty for forty one seventy four. But people will pay that because they're Swifties. They to each their own. But once again, like you said before, I mean, let's take the the worst seats possible. So I don't know what what it would be. Are there seats behind the stage too? No, no they're, they're all they're all weighted out. So those are tarped off. All right, so let's but let's go to like, let's go to um, section five twenty two. Five twenty two. All right, five twenty two. Let's check it this out. So this is a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> are we doing okay? That's no. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So just for the record, I could almost pay my mortgage twice for one ticket. Okay, so what what sections do you have here? So we're section five twenty two. So re- read me some prices. 
Section 522, row 31. Yes. So I'd imagine, like, you're touching this, the roof. Correct. For $2,336 a seat. So the worst seat in the house. Uh, no. So here we have section 522, row 28. Oh, sorry, yes, row 28. So it's a couple rows closer. Yes. Like legit three rows closer for 4536 a seat. That's insane. Nine grand for two seats. Almost $9,100. To go to a Taylor Swift concert. No, okay. And, and that's the this back of the arena. Oh, yes. this is the nosebleeds of the nosebleeds. Yes. Is she that good to spend that much money? People are obsessed with her. Like, and I'm not saying that like to be a smart ass. Right. I'm I'm being serious. Like that's a lot of money, man. It's it's a lot of money. So really? section five forty one, which is essentially behind the stage. Yes. It's the top bowl behind the stage. Behind the stage, the top yeah. bowl. Yes. Um row twenty two, section five forty one. Yes. For fourteen hundred and sixteen dollars a seat. <laughs> They're limited or obstructed view. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Someone's going to pay for it, though. Good for her. That's all I can say is good for her. That's insane. Okay. So let's see. What did we say? Five. You said 520. Wow. Wow. Oh, it actually shows you where you're going to. Okay. It shows the picture. Do you get a picture with yours? I didn't see a picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. It is behind a stage. Wow. So when you, okay, so on the right-hand side of the screen, if you go over to where it shows you what it is, it shows you what your view is going to be. So think about So I'm looking at the 541. Yes. It's behind, you can see one small corner of the stage. Yeah. And you're far away, too. I mean, you're. Oh, yeah. Wow. I have I have no I'm gonna go to section B real quick and see what my view would be from there. Does it show me a view? Are you getting a view on yours? I'm working on it. Oh, it says restricted view. Is that because we're on the floor? I guess so. No picture comes up though. Yeah, no picture. Restricted view four grand a seat. Yes. Restricted, sorry, unrestricted view. Sorry, I was going to say restricted view for ninety six forty. I don't give a shit if it's if it's restricted or un. Who's going to pay that kind of obscene money? Who's going to be the front row? Like, I'm looking at section. Okay, I'm now in section. And you were all probably listening to this going. We have no frame of reference what you're doing. Um, I'll post these on social media as well, so you can take a look at this. When you listen to the episode, you'll be able to understand where we're at. The point is, is we've always talked about how AEW's ticket prices are so expensive. Then we decided to compare them to WWE's, and then we decided to go above WWE, which is clearly Taylor Swift, way bigger than WWE. So, She's going to make like a bajillion dollars at this concert. Yeah, she will. 
That's an exact number now. We we it's a bajillion. It bajillion. Yep. You're welcome. Thank you. But obviously she's not gonna make that it's not a real number, but you'd get where I'm going with this. Oh man, that's a huge house. I, I, that's a huge house. How many millions of dollars is she making on this show? Uh, and who's got all this money? Who's got this kind of expendable money to go to a Taylor Swift show in twenty yeah. grand? For two tickets. Yes. Do you know how much fun you can have for 20 grand? I would love to pay some of my bills down and like have some stuff done. Uh, hey, to each your own. If that's your cup of tea, have at her. Live life. Have fun. Do your thing. But that's a lot of money, Mike. It is a lot of money. I am just... I'm blown away, man. It's um, well, that place. Uh, there's no way that's really gonna sell out, will it? Oh God, yes. Are you kidding me? Yes, absolutely. I fathom spending that kind of money. Like I had no problem spending decent money on going to see a, a concert or an event or a play or whatever. But there's decent money, and then there's well, ten grand a seat, five grand a seat. $1,500 to sit behind the damn stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for her. She's doing it right. Uh, okay. Has she broken up with her boyfriend lately? Because if she does, that means she's got a new song out. That's true. Let's see here. Uh, buh, buh, buh. Where is this? Where is this? Okay, here we go. Oh, this is going to be fun. So I decided to go ahead. This is how dumb I am. I'm now going to Wembley Stadium to see what the AEW ticket prices are. You're going to be receiving this inside your inbox. Here we go. Wembley Stadium. Now, I don't know how the currency translates. I have no concept of that. But I guarantee it's going to be a lot of money. You sent it to my email? Oh, no. Oh, I sent it in the private chat. All right, so I already got the link set up. So you're from a foreign country. Do you you know what the monetary value is over there? Well, oh, it's in well, U.S. dollars. It's okay. U.S. dollar, you knucklehead. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Don't have to get your panties in a wad. Let's see here. This is Wembley Stadium. Oh, my lord. Yeah, these, but they're not terrible. First, I was like, oh my god, these prices are bad, but they're not. What do you got here? Like, <laughs> section 517, row 20. That's, like, way up there. And those tickets are 226 U.S. apiece. That's a little ridiculous. Section, let's see here. Section 141. Where the hell is 141 at? Okay. Okay. It's a lower bowl. Yeah, it is. It's 358 bucks. I want to know what ringside seats would cost me. Okay, well, I don't. I don't even think they're available at this point. Probably not. But that's not terrible. What have we got here? Okay, as you're looking that up, Sports Kita just recently had an article uh, posted. As you're as you're doing that, let me read this really quickly. Here it says. This is the title of the article. Um, 
Come on. Tony Khan. Tony Khan could deal a massive blow to WWE by signing top WWE free agent this week. Uh, AEW CEO Tony Khan could possibly shock WWE by signing a top free agent. Kota Ibushi this week. The 41-year-old is a free agent after his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling expired. With rumors sur- swirling about Triple H's interest in Kota Ibushi, the potential signing to AEW would disrupt the balance of power in pro wrestling. I don't know if I'd go that far. That's a stretch. That's a huge stretch. Plus, uh, I don't think he'd go to WWE for the simple fact that he's got a huge relationship with Kenny Omega, and I think that would be great. Uh, yeah, I don't think that would be a huge blow. So, but is that going to sway the, the ratings? No, it's not going to be a balance other? of power thing. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's not like you're going to tune in and say, like, oh, my God, he's going to be there. i got to watch it. But that's right. kind of cool. But it's not a, you know, it's not like uh, Roman Reigns signed with AEW. Thing the card, that's, that's a big deal. I, I take Seth Rollins at this point. Um, okay, so I guess I really can't for Wembley Stadium check out what front row seats would cost. But the the ones that are available here, yeah, are not god awful, not cheap, but they're not god awful for a big pay per view like this. You know, I mean, one forty one. So you're in the corner a little bit, but it's not. Terrible. Uh, row seventeen for three fifty eight for this is essentially could be a, an event of a lifetime. That's not terrible. Not I love the, I love the way you position it. The event of a lifetime. No, could be. Calm down. Butts all in, man. He's excited. Have they even announced anything yet? No seats have been or no uh, matches have been announced yet, and they're they're cresting at the seventy thousand ticket mark. So your whole thought process of yeah, my view would get fifty, forty. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, we're gonna it's gonna sell out. That's gonna be crazy. And that's it's next month. Yeah, I didn't realize it's. Yeah, and they don't even have a match announced yet. Six weeks away. In seventy thousand. That's insane. But once again, somebody was saying, well, it's not AEW. It's the fact that it's a big wrestling show coming to Wembley. So that's what's going to get people. It is. That's so true. Now, now people are kind of downplaying it, being like, instead of you know, it being a big deal with AEW, it's more of just pro wrestling in general. It's kind but of s- both. I mean, s- if you're s- going to put off Wembley, and you know you're going to get all these, because New Japan is going to be there. You know that's going to happen. Uh, I could see somebody from Impact being there. Uh, you're going to have some local guys. Now, I don't mean like local indie guys, but local stars. Right. They're going to be there. AEW is obviously the headliner. So you you should, in theory, have a super card. That's what this should be. So when did Tony Khan say this statement? He said this was they crested the sixty-five thousand seats sold on what date? This was a while ago, I want to say May 29th. I want to say they're at seventy, if not further along. So anyway, 
if we find more information about, you know, the ticket prices for like front row for uh, all in at Wembley stadium, I'll definitely give you that information. Interesting. Interesting. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal. One of these days you and I need to go to a big event together. I'd go. Share a hotel room. Nope. Why not? Get my own hotel room. You wouldn't. Well, hold on. If we're going to be dropping this kind of cash on an event, you'd probably want to share a hotel room with me. We we get. Okay. Here's what we would do. We would save money. We'd get one twin size bed. And then we could. Uh, just have at it. M- meaning enjoy the room. Maybe watch a movie. I'll pay for your room. Don't worry about it. I'm, why not? I'm not we, room with you. Dude, we could have a really cool wrestling like slumber party the night before the. Why are you gonna make this awkward? It's not awkward. It's it fun. It's awkward. It's not. If there's a bathtub, I'm gonna bring my figures. My figs have a. Okay, would you? Okay, no bullshit. If I brought my figs, would you have a fig event with me on the bed? Like, like this guy wrestles this guy. <laughs> this is awkward, Michael. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know, I the don't real- think he will have mercy on you. It will not, no. No. I think the interesting thing would be, what is what would the prices of like food be? That would be well, interesting. Generally, at events, are pretty pricey, yeah. You know, I know so, I've paid 17 bucks a beer before. Oh my god. How many ounces? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Not enough of them for that money. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, was it you and I who were we shared maybe it wasn't you and I. Uh somebody sent me a picture of it was an NFL uh, stadium and a guy had at the time it was Bud Light and Bud Light, the cans, like the, the, the cans that look like a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, in the NFL, they can go from anywhere from like six fifty all the way up to like 12 or 13 bucks a piece here in the States. Do you realize the way Bud Light is right now? They're selling those same exact ones for 99 cents at the store. Well, yeah, there's bad stuff going on. They got they upset people, so. I just can't believe, like, how are you going to, even if you're able to, like, get tickets to any of this, whether it's Taylor Swift, whether it's WWE, AEW, then you got to pay for parking. And then you guys, I mean, I guess you would get food there. Or would you, would you get food before that? I'd rather like to go out to dinner before. A dinner before, not yeah. just like a burger and a drive through No, go out to a nice dinner. Make an, make an event. Make, no. If Linda and I are going, make date night out of it. Well, I mean, we're not walking the electric chair here. We don't need to be breaking the bank. I mean, no, I'm not saying go to a five star steakhouse, but no, we're not going to McDonald's. What's your limit on tickets? Like, where where do you draw the line to say, okay, I am not going to spend more than this amount on tickets? Or that's the most I've ever spent. Or no, what is your threshold of? I can't Um... do this if it's front row seats to AEW and let's say it's all in at Wembley Stadium. How much for, how much for that? I'd do 450 or 500 a seat for something like that. Okay. 450 500. Okay. 
Now, once again, now this once again, this is for Wembley. I'm not doing that for a house show. No, I mean you. Well, you're definitely not even getting in the door for Taylor Swift. So no, that's all right. I'm fine with that. You're not going to be a Swifty. No. I think you'd be a good Swift fan. Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, wrapping some things up here really quickly. Did you hear the news about Jade Cargill? She retired. Uh, I don't think she's retired yet, That's but all the report you're terrible. Uh, this is coming from Yahoo Entertainment. Uh, Jade Cargill teases that her absence from wrestling will not end anytime soon. Cargill last wrestled for AEW at the Double or Nothing pay per view that happened on May 28th, where she defended the TBS championship against Ty Valkyrie. Then she lost the title in an impromptu match against returning Chris Statlander. Uh, the defeat marked the end of Cargill's dominant undefeated streak in the company. In a tweet, Cargill wrote that it was nice being outside of the wrestling bubble and she might just stay there. Um, in another tweet, Cargill responded to a fan who asked the former champion if she is going to come back to wrestling soon. And Cargill wrote, no. Good. Unless this is all a work and she's going to come back and be a baby face when she returns. No, I hope not. She's a pretty girl. I'm going to give her that. She is. She can't wrestle, though. Oh, come on. There are some people. Okay, I said I was going to talk about Julia Hart. That girl needs a lot of work. Like, a lot of work. She had a match on Collision, which, by the way, Collision was great this past Saturday night. Um, I would know because Tony Khan hates Canada. He just, he's always there. You can't watch it on TV. No, because he wants you to shill out the money and go to the show. Don't be a schmo. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to jump on a plane and fly to Saskatchewan. Yes. Okay. Wait a minute. You said you like driving. So just drive to Saskatchewan. Well, it takes me three days. Yeah, good point. Maybe flying's better. Um, It was a great match with the Bullet Club and FTR. That's setting up. Following Saturday night is going to be a two out of three falls for the tag team titles. I don't really see a tag team title change happening. Um, the Samoa Joe CM Punk match uh, was okay. I mean, I, some people will say it was good. I say Joe carried the match. But they had a local talent taking on Julia Hart. Dude. Just stick to being a valet right now. Like, it's not working out right now. Man, she's 19 years old, Mike. Give her a break. Or 20. She's a kid. The enhancement talent carried that match. That bad. Like, like, they gave the enhancement talent some offense. She looked good, the enhancement talent. She knew what she was doing. Julia Hart? No. She was a catfish on the bank. She's just flipping around. That's the way it works. Really? I mean, once again, if you get a chance to see it, definitely let me know. There's other ways you can watch wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Um, you should check it out. You should check it out. Anything else that's on your mind before we mercifully put this thing to bed? No. I think that's about it. Did you have fun? I did. Every Tuesday night, but I look forward to this. 
I enjoy it. Guys, if you enjoy this podcast, please, by all means, let friends, let family know. Share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on any form of social media. And once again, our podcast is absolutely free. No charge required. We would never charge someone for this. We just want you to enjoy yourself, whether you're at the gym, whether you're in a long drive in the car, or you're in solitary confinement and you're in a federal prison. Just go ahead and let us know. We always love to hear feedback from you. So, Butster, you look good. That beard, can I still say, is is on fleek? That beard looks good. I mean, seriously, did you tr- you trim that damn thing up, didn't you? Yeah, I got a haircut and a beard trim. Last dude, week. dude, that looks really good. I could have pretty it up for our anniversary. You do, yeah, that's true. You do. You really get gussied up, as they would say. And then you see me in my car hearts and my hat do I have on? A beat up old beer hat that's full of sawdust. That's all right. That's what that's a manly thing right there. You got the man thing going. I can't even hang up friggin' light bulbs. Oh, my I got very God. soft hands. When you I come down, them. I'll bring my toolbox and I'll, I'll help you. I appreciate that. You know what? I love you. You are the man. Please send my best to the missus as well. I will. Guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Front Row Material brand. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week.